Uh, we're doing another collaborative uh, podcast today, and I have somebody that is uh, so special because I met this individual, and his name is Kamahana, on the Wisdom app, and uh, uh, I decided that I wanted to have an episode not on Wisdom, but on my personal uh, podcast, so I wanted Kamahana to join me because I discovered is an unwilling participant to be a spiritual leader. Buddy has such a great uh, wisdom chat that I cannot help it. When he's on live, I have to jump in because I love the Hawaiian culture. I love what you got to share. So I want to welcome you on the Emma's Universe uh, podcast. <laughs> so how are you doing? Uh, I love Emma's Universe. Yes, you're on Emma's I'm Universe. doing great. I'm sorry, Emma. I'm thank you so much. Aloha. <laughs> so uh, let's yeah. talk about your trajectory because we have a, quite a few things when we talk about spirituality that we have in common. You have done on your side, and I want to know more. And I think people need to know more about who you are and how did you come about to oh, yeah. become where you are today. Well, um. So um, my name is Kamahana. I was born in 1977 to a single mother. Um, I have two younger sisters. I'm the oldest. I finally went to school. Well, as I tell my story, you'll, you'll learn more. But I graduated in anthropology and Hawaiian language. Um, I'm a hula practitioner, um, particularly the ancient hula, which is Hawaii's own um, folk dance. And um, it's a spiritual um, dance, um, the way I was trained um, for it. And it was done on the um, temple altars. I, um, while I was in school, I realized working for the Department of Land and Natural Resources um, that there was a big problem in Hawaii with development. And um, the state being a machine that approves development in the, in, in the a endangered species environment rather than what it was charged to do, which was to control development in an endangered species um, um, environment. And um, when the 30 meter telescope had plans to build on the summit of our, of the tallest mountain in the world, that, that, that's what Mauna Kea is. Mauna Kea is the tallest mountain in the world from its base. So that's from the bottom of the sea. That's the tallest mountain. Um, they wanted to build on our sacred summit, which is also our burial grounds um, from ancient times to today. Mm -hmm. And um, where we deposit our umbilical cords for when our babies are born for safekeeping and for prosperity um, and for spiritual um, wellness. Um, it was, and they were in violation already, having 13 telescopes already built. The University of Hawaii is managing this. Um, endangered species environment, and all the while industrializing it. It's it's what I call a astronomy industrial complex. It's very much like a military industrial complex because the wheels keep moving, and um, it's it's very hard to get through the bureaucracy to um, get anything done. And um, 
it's it's a machine that is well oiled and is made for making money and making discoveries and um it really has a manifest destiny foundation uh, in its um as a moral for, for the industry of astronomy we already have 13 telescopes there and one telescope doesn't mean just one building it means a whole complex like one um, telescope complex has like 22 satellites with it and they're huge satellites and and some of them have complexes like um luxury accommodations for the scientists in our endangered species environment like um, spas and 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 and, and jacuzzis i mean you know it, the endangered species environment was meant to be managed by the department of land and natural resources in hawaii to um, manage the resources not to um, become a real estate mogul or broker for, for our lands that were supposed to be protected. Um, the lands under their charge include lands in, in our watershed, fisheries, hunting grounds, forests, um, for our subsistence here in islands. And uh, when I realized that they were going to build more in our my burial grounds, I plan to be buried there too. Like it's, it's an active cultural practice. Um, uh, I realized that we have to step in to, to intercede and, and protect the lands because um, the University of Hawaii was not going to do it for us like they were charged to do and um, are not doing it for us. And so we blocked the road. I was one of the first three people to block the road. The news went international. Um, it was uh, for a while in, in the international news. We got together and um, actually two years prior to the actual blockade, we planned the whole time and and um, it was a huge turning point in my life. While I was still in college, I was on a different island protesting and blocking the road 350 miles away from the university while I'm enrolled in two bachelor degrees courses. I mean, just on um, programs. And um, I was lucky to be in that position to be able to uh, contribute to the, the blocking of the 30 meter telescope because that caused a huge reawakening for my people, the, um, the Kanaka Maoli hmm. or what people call Hawaiian, but, um, but we call ourselves Kanaka Maoli. Hawaiian is like a name that was labeled and given to us from our, from our um, colonizer, which is America. Um, Hawaii people might not know was its own sovereign and recognized um, kingdom. Uh, and the United States um, violated many treaties to come here and uh, militarily has been occupying Hawaii since 1893. They imprisoned our queen, brought their warship down to Hawaii, pointed their guns at the palace and proceeded to um, have her imprisoned uh, within a corner of her palace in, in, her, in, in a room that she was high, uh, highly guarded at. And um, since that day, we've been uh, a unlawfully occupied nation and kingdom. And um, we're like a people that have been um, imprisoned on our own land and our land taken away. So um, that, that's the political state of Hawaii, that there's no treaty, there's been no democracy for Hawaiians. And um, America came and uh, pretty much overthrew our queen and um, unlawfully against the treaties that, that they had with the Hawaiian kingdom, which um, protected our sovereignty and, and, 
and it requested and not requested it it required that that um america also defend our sovereignty in this treaty of agreement that we had with them and they have broke that treaty um landed their boots military boots on the ground in 1893 marched them out and um they claimed they were supporting their their um citizens of America who are complaining that they were um, um, meeting injustice under the queen. And so they called the American military on pretense. And the pretense is they, they called the American military to protect American souls. And they were never endangered in the first place. Those Americans were called the, the, annex, um, the annexation party. Um, 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 no, they were called the committee of safety but they really were an, annex, um, an annex, annexation party. That's, that was their intent to get us annexed to the United States. But they called themselves the, the Committee of Safety. They were an armed militia and um, they called in the United States troops under false pretense and the United States troops showed up with their guns and with their ship pointing at the queen to, uh, and took over the United States. Um, the United States relinquishes responsibility by saying that it was not them who overthrew the government, but that that the citizens who were part American overthrew the government. But in no way would the government have been overthrown if the American military wasn't there to threaten us. And so um, that's the rock in a hard place. America has issued an apology statement, but the apology statement relinquishes responsibility and puts it on these American citizens that overthrew us, <clears throat> that used their military to overthrow us, and they refuse to acknowledge their part in, in um, the overthrow, which was in pointing guns and arresting the queen and, and, and showing us, you know, basically the warships in 1893 were the most technologically advanced um, military and Navy in the world at the time, the American Navy. Um, and so it, it would have been, I mean, it's just like um, threatening us with a nuclear bomb at the time because we had no weapons to fight back and the yeah. guns and cannons were so advanced that that they would have destroyed us completely. Um, we had rifles, they had uh, cannons, um, you know, yeah. they had, uh, they, they had automatic weapons. We just had, you yeah, not, our, you our queen knew that. Yeah. She, it was easy. So she, um, so, what, so what she did, yeah. So what she did was she abdicated her authority temporarily to America to make the right, hoping that they would make the right decision because according to international law, um, they, they have to give the sovereignty of Hawaii back. And they did not, and they have not, and they've, they've held that um, temporary um, abdication of Hawaii since 1893. Yeah. And um, we've been occupied ever since. Um, they've, they've held a plebiscite, which is illegal when you're an occupied nation. The occupied nation, according to international law, cannot hold uh, uh, any votes and conduct any business legally. It will not be considered legal because an annexation and a, a had not occurred and neither had a war occurred. The queen was so smart because she didn't engage in war. We are protected by the international law. We didn't engage in the war. We, we were warred upon and we were invaded. If we engaged and we lost the war, then, then in, according to international law, that's fair. But since we didn't engage in war and we were a peaceful country, we did not, we did not engage in any act of war against America. The, what they had done is an act of war against us, a peaceful nation. And that's against the law, against international law. And so our queen was smart in not attacking. One, because um, there would have been a lot of deaths. Mm -hmm. um, 
to uh, because she protected our international rights by by um by allowing us to be what it is and that's an occupied nation as opposed to a warring factor in, in, in a big war that lost. And if you lose a war, fair and square, um, the, the nation that, that wins the war ha has a right to um, occupy your lands according to international law. And our queen knew all this and I learned it as I was going to the university. And it, was, it amazed me how she was, how did she know so much about international law and legalities? I don't know, but she, but single-handedly, she through contracts with the United States, she won, preserved our sovereignty um, in a way that she temporarily abdicates her throne, and and, and America accepts these terms. Um, they're in violation of that of that term, uh, and that's like a treaty because it's like a nation head and a nation making a, a, a contract, and they yeah. agree to this contract. So now we're in perpetual um, trusteeship as wards to the United States until such time as the contract states by the queen that the United States recognizes they're wrong and, and, and they are required to set things straight. So they, they have um, avoided recognizing the wrong, even though they've sent an apology um, um, a statement. The apology statement really relinquishes responsibility, putting it on the half Hawaiian, half American citizens that overthrew the government. And they were really white people. That, that were born to missionaries. They were not of Hawaiian blood. They were, they were on the, um, their uh, allegiance belonged to America, yet they happened to be Hawaiian citizens because they were born here. And, and they had connived and planned and armed themselves, called the, the, um, the, the Secretary of the Interior to send uh, over warships from America to, under the pretense of protecting American lives that were not being threatened. That was, that was a lie. And then when the ship landed here, they proceeded to go through all the motions of, of overthrowing the queen. And, and with, with the American military directly backing them, I mean, troops on the ground, troops in the ships. If America wasn't here to uh, contribute to their initiative, basically America overthrew us, but they're denying it. And they're saying that it was their half Hawaiian citizens that, that did it on their own, but they didn't do it on their own. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, um, and um, I, I was lucky to learn all this information, uh -huh. verify all this information, because I was going to the university, and uh, it was a miracle that I was even there because my life before um, being able to go to university was very much a marginalized life, like most Hawaiians. I I I, um, I face like homelessness if I miss one paycheck because the real estate prices here are so high. Mm -hmm. They've um, since occupation sold out all our lands, um, displaced Hawaiians from their um, clear title land deeds and homes and um, taken it as their own. So the, the descendants of missionaries, um, sometimes they're real people, sometimes they're residual companies that represent the descendants of missionaries like Dole, Procter & Gamble, CNH Sugar, um, th those big companies. Um, Matson is probably one of them. Um, these are huge conglomerates, international conglomerates. They have bases in, in different nations and they're making, um, they, they really had have still control over Hawaii. Um, and, and our legislature, they've lined the pockets of our legislature ever since the legislature was created. 
Um, and so what we see in Hawaii is in, what, what you see too when you come here, mm-hmm. there's a sprawling overdevelopment. Waikiki is disappearing. Diamond Head is disappearing behind the high rises. The oceans are being polluted because of inundation of, of tourism and no control um, for environmental um, um, sustainability. Um, there's never a break for, for the ocean, for the reefs that, that constantly are uh, barraged by the largest tourist numbers in, in the world come to Hawaii. We are the world's number one tourist destination. And we have been, I would say, for over a century now. And although we are grateful for the income, there needs to be some management because it's destroying our environment. And our environment, our natural beauty is what makes Hawaii the number one destination in the world. So at the same time, we're not managing our resource. And it, it is, um, um, for example, um, Red Hill um, fuel tanks that the military owns, that um, the land is leased out, that belongs to the Hawaiian kingdom, but the state is managing it and making money and taking all the assets from it, um, has leaked. Uh, tens of thousands of gallons of jet fuel have leaked. And uh, instead of, you know, uh, when you pour gasoline on the ground, what do you think happens to it? Does it, event, does it evaporate into the air? Mm-hmm. It, well, you probably don't know that because who pours gasoline on the ground? But if you pour it on the ground, you see it sink into the ground. It's not going to yeah. evaporate before it sinks yeah. down. So it went. So this missing jet fuel is in our water table. It's going to our water table. Um, some of it will evaporate, but not much of it. It will mostly sink. And when it meets more water, it's not going to evaporate at all. It's going to stay there and, and be sustainable in the, in, the, in the wetness. And so just the other day in the news in, at Red Hill, where the Red Hill fuel tanks are, um, the military base is complaining about gasoline smells coming from their water faucets. Now they want us to believe that the Navy is a separate water, um, um, separate water source on an island where the only place we get water is from water lands, you cannot have a separate water source here. But they want us to believe now that they have a separate water source because they're setting themselves up to lie to us and tell us that our water is okay. It was just their their portion that is that is um contaminated. And honestly, truthfully, it wouldn't even be in the news today if it weren't the military suffering from their own um, leak. But that tens of thousands of gallons of jet fuel is in the water table now, I, 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 I suspect, because it's coming up through, through their faucets. Mm-hmm. And that means it's yeah. contaminated the whole lens. And I've always said this ever since I heard about the leak and, and the immensity of the leak that that, that jet fuel is going to reach Honolulu's water table and contaminate mm-hmm. the whole island's water table. What are we going to do when all of the water in Hawaii is contaminated? And we might be at that point today. Um, We'll find out very shortly. Um, not, you know, they're going to find out very soon if, if that's true or not. I can already hear them covering it up when they say, "Oh, the Red Hill system is separate from the public system." And I'm just, I just, uh, I just have to call bullshit on that. Yeah, because um, uh, because you're, you're thinking about the land. <laughs> they're talking about the water system is different, but if the leak went into the ground, I'm sorry, it navigates yes. below their staff. So I'm sorry, but yes. it will contaminate everything regardless. If it's the military, oh, I'm the leak. I'm going to stay in a military area. Yeah, right. It's going to populate it everywhere. So if there is water, um, yeah. 
reserve underneath, then I'm sorry, the water reserve and everything that's underneath goes everywhere. It doesn't stop at the mandatory, which is scary. And we're an island. We're not a big continent. Mm-hmm with different water yeah, sources. Exactly. We have one huge water lens yep. that lays under our um, capstone of limestone and um, that has jet fuel in it now, a, a, a tens of thousands of gallons. Um, on another island, Kaho'olave, which was used for bombing for the military, and we, we won that island back in the first Hawaiian awakening. Um, that was our first um, real awakening to that, that we have to put our bodies in the way of danger to stop the desecration and the continued degradation of our natural mm-hmm. um, environment. And so they put themselves on the island in the 70s. One, one man died, two men died um, doing this. And while they were bombing the island, they were, they were invading the island, the Hawaiians, and, and putting themselves on the islands to stop the bombing. Um, two men died. They become huge heroes in our, in, our, in our local culture. And that's George Helm and Kimo Mitchell. And... I was raised and everybody was raised to just revere. These men have become uh, martyrs and larger than life and, and examples of how all of us should behave and live, even though at their time they were not accepted. And, and um, anyways, they, they, they were swimming to the island from another island, from Maui to Olave to occupy the island. And um, on one of those swims back and forth, these are dangerous treacherous waters yes full of sharks and and, and deep and waves and huge um, um they went on their surfboards and they did this uh well in the last trip of course it was last trip because they never came back yeah they went to Kaho'olave they made it there but on the way back apparently they disappeared and and um there's some uh, you know there's some theories as to what happened to them whether they were taken out or whether a shark came and ate them or they, i mean they were yeah. expert watermen but the city is treacherous and and so um george helm especially has become like a he's i don't know how to explain it he's like the epitome of what a, a hawaiian man should be and we're raised to and we, we are raised and we're all we all revere him and, and we all want to be like him yeah he was a musician he was an activist he he was uh, he was a uh, uh, very good speaker, outspoken. Um, he he moved people, and he awoke the people, and um, then he died. And and then forty years later, it took forty years for them to give Kahoolave back to the Hawaiian people. And when they did, the water table had been blasted and cracked open, so that now, um, um there's salt water in in the in the waterlands of that island. And, and that means the island is completely uninhabitable. So what happened to that island is happening to the big island now because they took all their bombs there when they moved from Kaho'olave. And, um, and just because the island's bigger doesn't mean that it's not as susceptible to the vibrations that can crack the, the waterlands. Yeah. They threaten our well-being every day um, while they're bombing the islands. And um, I woke up to all of this. I was always woke, yeah, uh, but I really to all of this when I turned my life around and I was able to put myself through school. And I'm not, not myself. I got help, by the way. So I, I put myself in the position to be helped. And then I put myself through school after I initially was helped to get into school. Well, by I a good think Samaritan, need- my uncle. I think you need to get into community college. Yeah, I think you need to explain what happened because I think there is something about setting intention and spirit that people probably need to hear, you know, because 
you were, like you said. Oh, that's the most important thing. Uh, this is that's the most important thing that you're mentioning, and I'm just getting to that. Like I should just get to it right now. <laughs> but um, I'm pushing you. Yes. Oh wait, my but, um, come on, book it. Go ahead. I was, if it wasn't for a spiritual intervention in my life, and there were many, but this is one that was loud and clear, and it really changed my life around from from being part of the marginal population. Like Hawaiians are the most population in jail, the sickest, with most diseases, the poorest, the largest population of homeless, every single marker where we are at the bottom of that marker. And I was living that life. I was on the verge of being homeless any day because um, if you miss one paycheck, you lose your place. Um, I was... um, I was making a good amount of money. I was working as a waiter, but I'd been a waiter for like 15 years and it was so miserable. But um, I was working as a waiter at um, the Shorebird, which is a nostalgic restaurant on the, on the beach of Waikiki. I was playing music at night there. So I had two jobs, but I had been living a lifestyle that was compensating for all the things that I didn't have. And, and I didn't work on um, 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 for my insecurities and my, my non-accomplishments. I'm living paycheck to paycheck, living as a server for 15 years, not being able to really make it, um, uh, pay my rent and take care of my family. At the same time, I could barely even pay my rent. Um, I was stuck in a cycle of um, working all day and through spending my money, drinking all night. Like for years, I did that from when I was probably 14, honestly, but I say 18, but from 14, <laughs> I was drinking, but from 18, I was drinking that's uh, 12 pack a day, at least. I say at least, because if I could get a whole case, that would be more satisfactory for me back then, like a whole case of beer every single night from when I was 18 till about, I was 34 or so. And um, I would drink heavily on top of that, on top of that case, I would drink a, I, I was an alcoholic and it, and it came an alcoholic. I was drinking cases of beer at night and how I would drink was I would have a bottle of Crown Royal. I would drink the Crown Royal and sip the beer, <laughs> you know, like, like, like gulp the Crown Royal case beer and sip the beer like it was Crown Royal. <laughs> like I was, a, I was a famous partier. When I walked, when I, when I got off, out of work, I, I was done playing music you know, by the end of the night. After I waited tables all day, I played music at night. And, you know, everybody wants to be the musician's friend. And so, and I want to be everybody's friend too. So I get off of work. I I work on one end of Waikiki. Waikiki is about a mile long. And and then I, and then I have to get to my condo, which is a mile away at the other end of Waikiki. So I have all this money and I'm walking. It was either like a bad day was $100. A good day was $300. A real good day was $500. And that's a lot of money to make in a six hour shift. Plus the money I made waiting tables i mean playing playing music playing music was like a was like a a whole lot more money too i mean like it was it wasn't more money than waiting tables but it was like about half amount of waiting tables only two hours of work as opposed to working six hours for the amount i got waiting tables anyways i had all that money but i had I, i had the bad habit of well let me just tell you i would walk back home and as i walked home 
as I pass the special places I always go to, people would jump out the windows and come on, come upstairs, come on, mm-hmm. come upstairs, come on, you're done work right on, all the way down for the whole mile, <laughs> like every bar, like, that would be my my regular thing to do, mm-hmm. would be, I mean, why not, y'all? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I thought I was, I thought I was a rock star, and <laughs> I, I, I thought that, um, I, I didn't think that it mattered if I saved the money in my pocket to help me in my situation because I needed way more money than that. And I, I wasn't counting and being a good accountant of my money because uh, I was living in the moment and living in the cycle, um, the vicious cycle of life for many reasons. Like my life wasn't going very well. I didn't get along with my mother and I'm a only boy and I'm the oldest. Yeah. So I really love my mother. <laughs> and um, I, I, my two sisters who are younger than me, we were getting estranged. We weren't really communicating very much. And I knew that was wrong. And, and I was sad about that. My relationship I was in, I had just broken up and uh, two years prior, not just, it was two years prior to this that I'm talking about. And I was in like a a huge depression. I didn't realize it for the first year, but by the second, I realized that I was in a depression. I would, um, I would, I would break out crying in public places, like in the weirdest places, like because my brain is telling me these things and, and and living in my head, and it's telling me stuff like, "It's all your fault. Um, you you're in love. You guys are both in love with each other. You should be together." And, it, and my brain is telling me this and telling me this and. And then, and then that's not what's happening. It's actually not what's happening. Um, but I didn't put those two things together, what I just said, until I until I had this barrel um, awakening. But that didn't happen until I was fighting a lot, getting drunk. I was getting arrested a lot, getting drunk. I had my record. I have a hundred page driver's abstract. <laughs> it's still a hundred pages. <laughs> like like it, it's just a bunch of parking violations. I was just so irresponsible and I, I was continuing to sink in the hole that I initially mm-hmm. fell into, but then I dug the rest of the way down. I couldn't get out the, the, the price. Even now, I still have that record because I'm, I'm paying it off now, but it's just immense. It's hard to get out of because once you start accumulating um, fines and, and the cops start noticing your car doesn't have stickers, they, they keep tagging you, keep tagging you, and they see you on the road. You know, it's a small island. And, and, so, um, and so one night... I had done what I usually do, which is drink all day after work. Um, this particular day, top shelf alcohol was a dollar fifty. Like, I remember everything. I'm supposed to be totally wasted, yeah, because I <laughs> because I drank pretty much a whole bottle of Patron tequila. Dollar fifty a shot? Are you serious? In Hawaii, yeah. that's like a gold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. Like you know what I mean? Because it it should cost it should cost twelve dollars a shot, for example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's more now. <laughs> but dollar fifty, yeah. <laughs> and to an alcoholic, wow. Um, so I sat there and I drank all day with, with my boss, per, uh, mind you. Um, I don't know how much I drank, but it was a lot. Um, then I get on the bus. I don't get three blocks out of Waikiki for I'm facing five to ten years in jail and a felony C. Um, it, it was literally a span of ten minutes from when I got on the bus. I threatened the bus driver. Um, I waited for the police to come because she called them. And when the police came, I punched them in the face, like right in the face. I mean, although that's a wonderful story to tell for fun, like what happened was all his cadets he was training came running into the bus 
and passed me. They passed me. I can't believe they passed me because I walked right off the bus. I walked really slow off the bus <laughs> after I punched him. I walked to the back of the bus, and, but I wasn't trying to run away. Like I wasn't trying to, you know, um, but I was trying to walk away just a little bit. But by the, by the time they realize I'm all the way in the back of the, passing the bus, walking out of the bus, they run outside and dogpile me like an NFL football player, mm-hmm. like, like 10 guys on me. <laughs> And I'm on the ground. Oh, here, I'm going down again. <laughs> like, 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 you know, like this mm-hmm. is just another arrest for me. But it wasn't another arrest for me. Um, when, I got to, when I got to the um, court, the, the judge charged me with a felony C, which is five to 10 years I'm facing, and um, uh, put $10,000 bail on my, on my ass, <laughs> if I may mm-hmm. swear. Um, um, when I was on the bus, I can't remember every single thing. I was singing my music really loud. I had my earphones on and I was jamming and I, was, I wasn't caring who was on the bus and the bus driver was rolling her eyes at me. Three times she rolled her eyes at me. And by the third time I was done with her rolling her eyes at me because I thought I was somebody. I was on, I was on Patron. I was on Tequila. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I figured I'd walk up there and tell her um, where to go and where to put it, right? And, and, and so I threatened her. Um, and I'm not proud of it anymore, but like, you know, I walked up there and I whispered real close to her ear that if she, and I'm just telling you this because it happened, it, that if she rose her eyes at me one more time, I'm going to shove her face through that window. And um, I wasn't going to do it. I know I wasn't going to do it, but it but doesn't matter because I threatened her. So what happened after you got um, yeah. arrested? Well, just, oh, I got arrested. Of course, I lost my job because I couldn't show up at work the next day. I lost my um my apartment because I couldn't pay the rent. I was in jail for eight weeks um, awaiting trial because I couldn't afford the $10,000 bail. Um, I had to eventually forfeit the trial and plead guilty because I was trying to fight it. In my head, I thought I could fight it. Um, But my lawyer got real with me and told me, come home, do you want to stay in jail for like a year or two because you can't afford the bail? Um, if, if you go to court with it, it that's how long it's going to take, it's how long I'm going to sit in jail, even if I'm innocent, you know? And so when I heard that, I, I took the plea bargain, which was they dropped the assault on the police officer. And, and, and I had to go to um, um, classes and probation for about two years after. Um, but they let me go because I took the plea bargain after eight weeks. But while I was in jail there, um, when you're in jail, if you've ever been to jail, <laughs> you can imagine, um, you don't have uh, anybody to trust. You're very isolated, even though you're around all these other prisoners. You know, um, in some cases you sleep in one area and, and you have only one roommate. In other cases, you sleep in a big room like a barracks with many other um, alcoholics, druggies, and people that don't have, <laughs> you know, that got in jail for whatever reasons they got in jail. And, and that's usually the main reason. They, and, and violent people. And so it's not a very safe place mentally or physically to be. There's a lot you have to deal with as far as intimidation and, and um, where, you know, walk a certain place and not walk a certain other place because it belongs to, to certain people. And it's different than outside because everybody's real concerned about their own space. Yeah. But in there, I had a lot of time to think about myself. My sisters and mother had to write a letter to the judge about my character to try to convince the judge to not be harsh on me. She didn't like me, the judge. I told her that, well, once when I was 18, I got, got um, 
mobbed by a group of, of eyes on the west side of Oahu because I was drinking tequila at 4.30 in the morning at the beach. And I wasn't, you know, who's, who the hell is supposed to be out at 4.30 in the morning anywhere? Yeah, but there I was on the beach and these guys approached me pretending to be my friend. And um, next thing you know, one of them kicked me in the face. I was sitting on the side of a wall, just enjoying myself. I thought I was making friends. They kicked me in the face and I couldn't believe it. I was very shocked. Um, I didn't believe it. Like, did that really happen? Um, and while I was doing that, they kicked me on the other side of my face real hard. I broke my jaw in three places. And um, uh, I don't know, I finally got a hold of one of them and I was trying to shit out of them, but there were at least mm-hmm. six of them and they were on my back. And I tried to tell the judge this, that, that, that you know, if somebody grabs you from behind, you cannot wait to, to see if you're okay. They're not supposed to be touching your body. What if, got, what if they had a knife or something? That was my, that was my defense. And they told me, Mr. Kipoha, how do you expect me to believe that? And then I, I told her, you don't have to believe it if it's the truth. The truth is the truth. And she didn't like that. And she said, $10,000 bail. <laughs> and, um, moly, moly. So uh, sitting in that jail, all I had to do, yeah, all I had to do was sit around, you know, wake up for a head count, make sure I, I keep, I don't offend anybody, make friends and not enemies. Um, and not, don't make too friendly either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that's, that's bad too in jail. <laughs> like, like um, you know, I don't know yeah. how to explain it, but it's just a, there's all kinds of things going on, all kinds of dynamics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could be in trouble for anything. Don't yeah. don't borrow anything from anybody because you're going to owe them. And when you owe them, you can't imagine what you can pay. You have to pay them yeah. back. Depends whatever. It's on your whim. And yeah. so I kept to myself mostly, just played cards with the old men, got myself into the old men section, which is really cool because it's hard to get there. You have to behave and you have to be trusted. And so and you have to be really good at playing cards. Good. <laughs> so, um, but, but sitting there day in and day out is like an eternity every day. Like you don't know when, especially when you don't know when you're getting out. Mm-hmm. You don't have a set date. I could have been there anywhere from eight weeks to two years or even longer if I got found guilty. I have no idea. I'm calling my mom. My, my, my girlfriends are all out there trying their best to conduct business for me, um, I'm sneaking into the jail um, um, so that they can come and see me and pretending that they're my fiance because they wouldn't let anybody else in. Yeah. Um, unless it was your fiance or your mm-hmm. direct family. So my friends would pretend they were my fiance. I had like three fiancés, <laughs> but I don't really don't. And, and yeah. they're all going through all this trouble to see me. My, my sister and my mom guys have to write a letter to the judge, go through all that trouble too. And, and when I saw the letters, it really broke my heart because they tried to write best they could about me. I could tell by the writing and they weren't going to lie because the judge would find out. But all, all they could say about me was oh, Kamahana could do good things with his life if he wants to. Um, he could be a good person if he tried. So there's all these ifs and could mm-hmm. and would. There was nothing they could say. Kamahana, Kamahana organized this community event and then da, 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 da. no, none of that. Or oh, Kamahana saved a drowning baby in the ocean. None of that. <laughs> like because it never happened. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I, Kamahana or Kamahana accomplished um, accomplished this and accomplished that. It wasn't. There was nothing I, on the list that I accomplished because I didn't accomplish nothing. But what I had been doing the whole time, which is mm-hmm. drinking and self-medicating, I'm going into a depression and 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 not not really realizing how responsible I, I was for my situation, mm-hmm. thinking that, that like, oh, shit, this is the world. And, and, and you know, that's how it is. I just got to work, work. I'm, I'm going to drink tonight and just go home. And I'm still not going to have any money. How come? 
like it didn't put two and two together how much money I was actually making and how much money I was actually spending yeah. and how much money I could have been saving. I was making like at least $5,000 a month and I didn't even know it because that's how huge my, uh, my, my addiction was yeah. and my, and my, pro- and my issue was, I, and I didn't even know it. Um, if it wasn't for me getting arrested this time, I would never have turned my life around. And this is why sitting there and just reading those letters, you know, I really, really, went into myself and, and I didn't really socialize with the other prisoners too much. I read a lot of deep, heavy books. Like I remember reading the book, Great Expectations by Dickinson. And um, um, it was such a great book. You just gotta read that book. Like it really, it, it had nothing to do with my situation that I was in, but I've been in that situation he's talking about before. Like, you know, you're in love with somebody and, mm-hmm. and they, don't, they basically don't love you. Yep. You know, and that, that's a hard thing to deal with. So I was, I guess I was processing that too with reading that book in there mm-hmm. and trying to get through that because that was really affecting my life because I would burst into tears in, in front of strangers. I would be in the drink well at the bar, picking up drinks and start crying, you know, like a weirdo. And, and like, <laughs> like, I didn't know why. I, I mean, I knew why, but I didn't know it was, I was in, that was a depression because uh, I thought I was just sad, but what, when you're in a depression, I, f- I found out that you need tools to help get you out. You can't just sit there by yourself and, and expect the depression to go away one day because your brain is constantly um, working on that depression. Your subconscious is telling you all kinds of things. And how do you stop your subconscious? How do you stop your thoughts? In other words, mm-hmm. the thoughts I had would lead me down this endless vicious cycle of bursting into tears um, eventually, you know, and I'm not that kind of person. Like I, I'll cry when I watch the color purple. I like that movie mm-hmm. uh, or like, <laughs> or, or like, or like, you know, something happens. Like I see mm-hmm. on the news, nine mm-hmm. 11 or, or I see the, or the tsunami. I, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I got tears for that. But, but like, I, I even cried more than that when I was in the, in the well at, at the bar getting drinks, they burst into huge tears. And um, then I have to like, excuse myself. And, you know, it's just not, it's not, um, it's not professional, first of all, and it's just, it's just, it's not, and second of all, it's not healthy. Um, but sitting there reading the letter, realizing that, um, and I would, I would meditate on the letter and read it a lot, you know, because just to remind myself that look, look at what, look at what, um, look at what all they could say about you, and that's your fault, you know, and then so suddenly one day when I was sitting by myself looking at the letters. And meditating on it after I had done read the book and I'd just been reading book after book. I was writing down songs just to keep yourself busy because you go crazy in there. I was writing down Hawaiian songs so I don't forget the words and chants and stuff like that because I was being because that's what I love to do, right? I, I'm, I'm a practitioner, but I wasn't back then. I was still, I was not trained back then. Um, it, nobody would train somebody that was an alcoholic running around mm-hmm. like, like, and 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 like I would moped almost sideways on the road <laughs> like, and now people would, you know I'm famously driving around all drunk on a moped um, you know just unhealthy things I realized now that I was acting out yes for my for all the things that were going on inside me um sitting in the jail looking at the letter suddenly you know reading it over and over again just beating myself up about how 
I'm in here. It's all my fault. My family's all out there doing all these things for me. I'm the oldest in my family and I can't take care of myself. They're taking care of me. All my friends are pretending that they're my fiance so they can come visit me. I mean, mm-hmm. and they're getting the stripped down, searched down and, and, and everything to come see me, you know, and, and, and it was, it's so unnecessary. Like, did I have to threaten that bus driver? Did I have to punch that cop when he showed up? Really? Not at all. Mm. Not at all. That was the choice I made as uh, intoxicated as it was, but still, mm-hmm. I remember it so clearly that I know that I had the consciousness to do the right thing instead, um, but I didn't. Um, but I'm glad it happened in a way because it, it turned my life around. Sitting there looking at the letters, I, I suddenly I had what I thought was a thought, and it said, you know, you could have died that day if they decided to shoot you down for punching that cop, because mm-hmm. they could have. Because they, they legally could have, mm-hmm. they lawfully could. The week before that happened, they did that to, to a white man that had his hands in his pocket and wouldn't pull his hands out of his pocket, this drunk white man. And if a white man is going to get shot at, I mean, come on, look at me. I'm not white <laughs> and I don't have that privilege. And, and you know, and I just punched a cop in the face. Like, like, like um, I'm lucky I lived through that. I'm lucky yes. I survived that. Um, it told me, you know, you could have died that the thought told, I thought was a thought told me, you know, you could have died that night. They could have shot you dead right there for what you did. And, and then I was reading it a little more and it said it again. Like the thought came again. Then I realized like, wait a minute, that's not my thought. Like, where's that coming from? You know, then I realized that I was getting a message. It was telling me that something was telling me that. Then I, then I just kind of accepted it. And was like, okay. Then I just kept meditating on these things. I, th- I thought about that. And I was like, wow, that's true. I could have died. I really could have died. Wow, where did that thought come from? You know, then it then it said, and now I know it as the spirit. The spirit said, um, "That's all they could have said about you, you know, if you died." And I was like, "What? Yeah, that's true. That's not just that's not just for the judge in this situation. Like, if you died that night, that's the best thing they could have said about you without lying." And I said, "Wow, you know, what is this happening to me? First of all, but then." And just accepted it. And I was like, because it was true. So I thought about that too. I thought about, wow, you know, that's kind of sad that, that, that all they could set up. Like, imagine at my funeral, you know, he could have been a good guy mm-hmm. and, 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 and he could have done great yeah. things. And, and he, and, and he should have been great. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, and that's all they could have said. And, and that, how they devastating. Been, I'm a niece and nephew. Yeah. yeah. There would have been no yeah. substance, there would have been nothing. It would have been, you would have been stall dust. That would have been it. Yeah. It would probably be a closed casket yeah. kind of thing and not, mm-hmm. not much people there. Like, yeah. like, I'm, like, like my life would have not made it an, uh, at all an impact. Yeah. Exactly. On, on a positive impact on the world or my mm-hmm. family. Like mm-hmm. my niece and nephews would only remember me punching the wall because I'm trying to beat up their grandpa. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because he's, he's making trouble to me when I'm drunk. Yeah, and and that's all they would remember of their uncle that passed away. Like not even fond memories. No, nope. uh, I said fond memories of me, but that's because they've been around a while. But not nothing that they could say to that you would say at a funeral or you would say about somebody accomplishments in their life. You know, like you do at the funeral. It would have been empty. And it, and then it would have been. Oh wow. That's... Yeah, it would have been empty. Yeah. It would have been nothing. Yeah. It would have been like, what mm-hmm. are we saying I- now? Yeah. And I bet you some people would have been like, finally, good riddance because, you know, yeah, like all I had was innocent. that kind yeah. of trouble around me. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and uh, I realized it was true. 
um, what, what the message was telling me. And, um, and I felt immediately like distraught, like, you know, I should be taking care of my family. My family shouldn't be taking care of me. I should be worrying about them. They shouldn't have to worry about me. Um, you know, I should be digging them out of trouble. And I'm the oldest in the family. I should, I, I'm the one who went to private school. I should, uh, I should, that's why I went. They made all these sacrifices for me to go to private school. So I can be, become better than I am doing now. And I'm not doing any better. And all that time spent away at a boarding school, away from my family, is for nothing. Because, uh, you know, because I'm not doing anything with my life. It's, I'm wasting that, 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 that sacrifice that we both, my, my family and I, I mean, yeah. you know, not being together when you're growing up is kind of hard, yeah. yeah. But um, if, if you're going to a private boarding school, it's worth it. It's supposed to be worth it, but I was not making it worth it. And I felt, I felt that heaviness, like, and then it said, you know, since that could, was going to be what they could say when you die, that would have been your eulogy. And um, you know what? why don't you write down everything that you'd like to have accomplished so that it could be said instead at your, at your eulogy. It said to write everything down on a list that I would like to accomplish in my life. And, and no matter how unobtainable it is, no matter, no matter how impossible it is, if I want it to have been accomplished in my life, write it down. And so with that spirit of it being my eulogy, with that spirit of, of it not mattering if it's accomplishable or if I can afford it or if it's possible at all, I was to write it down. And I didn't have outlandish kinds of things, like the things I wanted to do were simple, normal things that people, that people should be wanting to do, but they were unobtainable to me. I had no job. I had no savings. I had nobody, nobody to back me up. I had, we have no generational wealth in our family. Um, um, my mom can't chip in for any of that. We um, I had a record, a police record. I have a driving record. Um, I'm marked already. And um, I'm already living that uh, marginal Hawaiian life, which is they say that we all are prisoners in jail. We're all unhealthy. We're, the highest suicide rates, every single marker, we're, we're the highest rate in Hawaii, homelessness. Uh, I was living that life. I was, I was this close to being homeless. And I, and, and I was because as soon as I got arrested, I lost my place, I lost my job, and I had nowhere to go. Um, so so the, it told me to write down a list, the spirit of the things I'd like to be remembered for instead. Yeah. So on the top of the list was I wanted to make a amends with my mother and have a good relationship with her, which I thought was completely impossible because 32, 34 years of the same old shit was, <laughs> was we are always yeah. fighting. My mom always pushes my buttons and I always, there's no winning with my mom, even if you're right. Yeah. Um, and that, that was a problem for me. So I always fought back and we always had a bad relationship because of that in my adult years, but we were really close previous to that. My sisters, um, because I was so busy in my lifestyle, I didn't have time for them. We were growing apart and we were a real close family, but not anymore. I wanted to um, be closer with them and make amends. That was my second thing on my list. Then the third thing on my list was I wanted to go to school and finish school and at least get my bachelor's degree, at least one bachelor's degree so I can uh, theoretically support my family and get a good job right, and, and contribute back. So that was the third thing on my list. And I really didn't think that would be possible. The fourth thing on my list was I always wanted to learn my Hawaiian language because that had been taken from us during colonization. Yeah, 
And um, that's something every Hawaiian wants to do. And so that was on my list. I didn't have a teacher or a way to go to the university and learn. Um, then the fifth thing on my list was I really wanted to be trained um, to teach the hula pahu and the hula olapa, which is the pre-contact ancient hulas of Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew nobody wanted to teach me. I've been told that before. Like, um, like when, when a kumu hula or a teacher of the hula teaches you, they select you and you don't ask them. Um, it's considered um, culturally inappropriate. So you have to present yourself in a manner that makes somebody want to teach you. Like, and they want to teach people that are, take their lineage and make it respectable, keep it respectable. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's really a, a, a cultural um, thing about respect and, um, and maintaining that respect. And who's going to respect some, um, some kumu hula driving around all drunk on a moped all the time and beating up, trying to beat up cops? Yeah. <laughs> you know what That's I mean? That's not what you want. And drinking you know. it like a fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I, that was an impossibility to me. Nobody's going to pick Kamahana. I mean, I'm already 34. It's, I'm already aged out pretty much of, 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 of the possibility. And, and, but I put it on the list anyway because it said to put it on the list. And um, then it said, now that you made that list, now you know what your goals in, in life are. So I was surprised at that because I never thought of writing out my own eulogy mm-hmm. and, and congratulating myself for all these yeah. things I didn't do yet to make it my goal list instead. And people should do that. People should sit down and think of it as their eulogy and make a list of things that they want to mm-hmm. accomplish and be listed at their funeral, like seriously, consider your death, consider your, your legacy and what they're going to say about you, what your legacy is. And that's what I exactly considered when I wrote this list down. I didn't consider like, that's why I didn't write down win the lottery or go to Vegas yeah. and win $5 million because <laughs> yeah. really that doesn't do I anything. Mean, it cannot that's, be. Yeah. yeah. That, it, it didn't come to my mind at all. Like I didn't, yeah. first of all, I didn't realize, realize this would work. I didn't think it would work in my wildest dreams. I was just following the instruction. There's nothing to do in jail. And I was so depressed. I was just listening to the spirit. The spirit was guiding me. And um, then it said, you know what? Now that you have your list of goals in your life, if you're not forwarding something on that list at any one time in your life, at all times, if you're not forwarding one thing on that list, then you are responsible for your own misery and happiness. And that was so profound to me because I guess I got used to thinking it was somebody else's problem that it was because, you know, because Hawaiians are disadvantaged in their land. And we are, it was because Hawaiians, I've been told Hawaiians are supposed to be the poorest, the most, the most um, arrest, um, the most in jail, the sickest, you know, all those things. So I, I just thought it was a given because that's what I've been told on my life in every school I went to, they tell you those same statistics. And that's what my subconscious was told. That's what my brain has been feeding on all my life. And that's what I believed was the truth. Like, there's no way I can get out of this. You know, they're never going to give our sovereignty back. Um, We're never going to have our lands back. And, um, and we're always going to be suffering as the poorest because you're never going to dig yourself out of this hole because mm-hmm. the, my bills were coming this high and my pay was coming this low. And, and I was spending, no, actually I was spending it. So it was going way lower mm-hmm. <laughs> than that. Um, the spirit told me that, that if I wasn't forwarding anything on that list at any one time at, in my life at any time, then I'm responsible for my own unhappiness. So that told me that I needed to make sure that at all times, 
something on that list was being pushed forward in any small way or large way I could. I would carry that list around. I got out after eight weeks, after I had that experience. And after I made this list, I kept this list with me. Stop it. And um, I would pull it out like when I was tempted to go on a drinking rampage mm-hmm. or when, uh, even if it was just tempted to go for a couple of drinks, I knew yeah. that was going to turn into something else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would pull out the list on purpose because I, because I noticed that when I did pull out the list on purpose, look at it seriously and consider it seriously, then I, um, sorry, then I would uh, realize the right thing to do. I would do the right thing. And just by looking at this list, like holding myself accountable, pulling that list out, I didn't think a stupid little list, silly list would would have that kind of impact on me. But what I realized after was that when I did that process of sitting down, um, um, meditating on what I would like to be said when I die, and then turning that into my list of goals for my life, Mm -hmm. and then saying that if I'm not forwarding something on that list at any one time then I am failing at my own happiness and um that was like a promise to myself that that nobody else is responsible for so I had nobody to hide from Mm -hmm. I had nobody to lie to that I'm not following Mm -hmm. up with this I had no I had none no excuses to make to anybody um um I just had me in the list and um so when I pulled out the list I would read it. Yeah. It says, you know, um, um, make amends with your mom, make amends with your sister. Does it, does me going out do any of that? No, it doesn't. Uh, go to the university and get my BA, somehow get into the university. Does this increase my, my possibility to pay tuition or anything like that? No, it doesn't. Um, 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 is, is somebody going to pick me up as a hula student <laughs> at the bar? No, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> and, um, so instead, I, I realized, okay, I don't want, I do not want to go to the bar, actually. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, I didn't, I don't realize that until I go through this process, though, like, because I think I do. <laughs> so I'm looking at this list, and then I realize, no, I don't, you know, not just because I feel guilty about the list, but because I realize really, truly, foundationally, I don't want to go to the bar. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sit there and waste my time and get all bloated drinking and fat eating food and, and whatever else happens in the bar, you know, that <laughs> stays in the bar. <laughs> yeah. But, um. But I, I really didn't want to go. And that was a neat thing to be able to get to the realization of by myself without somebody forcing me every time. And it would come up every day, actually. And the list I had for years later was all crimpled up and it would still be in my pocket. I don't know where the list went this today. I'm surprised. I don't know where it is, but, but I'm going to find it one day it's somewhere in this house. <laughs> but um, I would pull it out every single time. And, and um, you know, in six years time, I accomplished every single thing on that list because instead of going to the bar, when I pulled it out and I folded it back up and I decided not to go, I put myself in a place that either encouraged something on that list. Like I would go to the campus of this university and spend my time there reading books. Or then eventually I started researching on scholarships. Then eventually I started researching on how to apply just by being there. Then I met people to help you apply and help you do scholarships because I was at the university instead of the bar. Then um, I also met my uncle Kimo, who is a hula genius. He's a he's a musician. He's a Hawaiian genius. He's a Hawaiian cultural specialist in hula, in music, in um, in um, ancient chants, ancient hula too, and modern hula. Um, he teaches the Hawaiian language at the university. Like like 
it's just amazing that I met this person and he wanted to teach me. And that, that mm-hmm. was uh, something new, right? And, and I didn't want to go to anybody either, even though I couldn't be picky. I didn't want to be with a quack or somebody that was just a guru that people worship and wasn't really teaching the, the ancient ways. Like, I know the difference, that's why, because knowing the ancient, mm-hmm. some of the ancient ways, you can tell the difference. And he was the real, genuine, real thing. And uh, it's like, just because I kept my promise to myself, God kept t- the promise to me that, 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 every, that if I put it on the list, I mean, it wasn't said to me, but it was implied that I would accomplish those things somehow, even though I didn't know how I could. So that was the promise the spirit kept to me. And the mm-hmm. spirit I call God sometimes, but yep. really it's, it's more than God even is because God is a limited conceptualization we have that we try to understand God. So the real God is bigger than, than we can even imagine. So I call it the spirit sometimes. And um, it, it, it allowed me to, to reach all, of those unattainable goals that I, I, I was going to die not accomplishing. And um, couldn't believe that I graduated in 2015 with two bachelor's degrees, not one, um, and a, a degree, which is a third degree, but that's for two-year um, college, mm-hmm. uh, um, in anthropology and the Hawaiian language. Um, I learned the Hawaiian language. I mean, there's always more to learn. I'm still learning, mm-hmm. but I can sit in a, I can, I can talk and sit and I can translate legal documents and Hawaiian language newspapers and I can speak Hawaiian and I can listen and understand Hawaiian. So um, it, that was an impossibility for me too, um, being that our language was, it's not even available in, in the in community. I have to learn it at the university yeah. um, that, that I push as well. And uh, I just felt so, I feel so, blessed that most people when they if they hear a voice now when I say I heard a voice tell me I don't mean that I heard it in my eardrums over here Um, I heard it inside like Mm -hmm. it was like a thought or an intuition if you hear a a real voice vibrating your eardrums I please please go check first before you assume that it's real because I don't feel like God often comes into your eardrums. Uh, oftentimes he's talking to your spirit or, and I use he very loosely, uh, mm-hmm. it's talking to your spirit. And um, it, it seems like a thought in your own head, but it's not a thought because you'll know the difference when you realize that you, you think like that. That's yep. not your thought. You're not, te- you don't tell yourself these things. Who's telling you these things, you know, um, where is it coming from? That's when I realized that it was a voice that was not speaking, but was telling me inside, like, like a thought, like an intuition. So it may be my intuition. You can say your intuition. People say they're intuitive. I, I think that's the voice of the spirit. Um, that was yes, it is. It, I'm it, so glad I intuition w- is the voice was of listening spirit. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm so glad I listened. Most people wouldn't, wouldn't trust that sometimes, yeah. or they would think they were crazy, or, or they would just throw it off like, oh, that whatever kind of thought is that but i'm so glad i i I was in the the place to receive that message and if i wasn't arrested and in jail and sitting there miserating and thinking hard about my life and how to change it if i could change it and i didn't have any solutions at the time um then i wouldn't have received that message the same way or at all and so i'm grateful that i did that i mean not that i did that but that it happened because that's the last time I've ever been arrested in my life. I didn't even have alcoholism on my list of things that I wanted to conquer. It wasn't even on my list, but 
the spirit took me through that and I, I just became a non-alcoholic on my own, like without even trying. And I'm so grateful for that because I see people struggle. I see people curled in ads, curled around the toilet bowl, trying to beat their alcoholism, not heroin addiction, but it looks the same. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have to do any of that. Like, what is what is the miracle that cured alcoholism for me? I kind of have to say it's the spirit because I just stopped and I didn't have any of the withdrawal symptoms and I didn't have, and I'm really grateful that somehow that that's a miracle to me, that somehow God covered me with, with his power and made me magically a non-alcoholic mm-hmm. from drinking every day a, a, a half pack to a whole case and crown royal every day um, to nothing at all. The last time I had a drink, oh, I had one tiny glass of wine, real tiny glass of wine for Thanksgiving. And I was drunk already. It was like that much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, was, I was like, whoa, this is enough for me. I don't want to become an alcoholic again. I'm good. Um, but before that, I hadn't drink for maybe like two years. And that's how far apart my, my drinking episodes are. I don't have episodes anymore. I have okay. social social drinking, you know, and I never knew what that was like, you know, because wanting to stop and wanting to just have that much was never an idea for me. Like mm-hmm. you know, I was just drinking like a pig. And um, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you are listening and you're going through any of this kind of struggle, any of it, and it seems it's a hopeless situation, you think there's nothing that would ever change. You've accepted it as part of your life that will never change. Um, don't lie to you. Something like this will work. If you approach it the same way, as serious as your eulogy, if you approach it the same way, as serious as if you're not forwarding anything on this list, you're responsible for your own unhappiness and you take that seriously now. And then you carry the list with you as a tool and you bring it out when you need to look at it, no matter what, no matter who's around, no matter no matter if you're embarrassed to bring it out, you, you go to the bathroom and you pull it out and you, and you look at it. I promise you that this silly little list thing can work for you. Nothing else would help me. People will try to help me. I try to help myself. I went to programs. Um, um, I never followed through with them. Um, uh, I just tried to go cold turkey too, and that never worked either. Um, uh, but just making this list put me on a path that, that automatically cured my alcoholism and in a miracle way, it made all these things happen in my life that I never thought I would accomplish at least one of them, even in my whole lifetime, no matter how hard I tried. And, and then having to be able to cross everything on that list off mm-hmm. was such a miracle to me. Um, I believe that God made that happen. I believe the great spirit of creation is in all of us. We all have an intuition. I believe we should listen to it. I believe this process. If you haven't, if you tried other things or if, if you don't, you're not even willing to try other things. I, I really think do not pass this opportunity by to just, even if it sounds silly to you, be silly. Make that list. Use it. See if it works. Promise yourself 
the things I, I promised myself that I would forward everything on that list at all times, something in that list will be forwarded. And, and that could be just resting your body so that you can, you can come again tomorrow. That that's forwarding something on your list, you know, just maybe if you're just eating, if you, like sometimes it was like, Oh, just eating dinner. I can just eat dinner. Cause you know, that'll keep me healthy. And that, that's kind of forwarding me to be able to accomplish things on my list. Oh, go hang out at the campus at the university instead of here where the bars are, you know, uh, just sitting, there doesn't seem like taking action but even just point yourself in the direction of 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 the goal you want to achieve seriously like if that if you can't find any other way to forward something on that list like just face myself towards the school so I'm looking at it like just to remind me the whole time yeah like what is my goals in my life and um and 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 when you can be on campus, go there, you know, point yourself in the direction if you cannot physically get yourself to go there. Face yourself in a positive direction. Put yourself next to a friend that supports you and knows that you're trying to achieve these goals. It's not going to um, um, undermine you. Put yourself around family members that aren't going to talk down to you and tell you that you're, you're nothing mm-hmm. and make you feel like you can't do it. Shut that out. Put around you positive things on tv when you're watching tv don't watch a ratchet people acting ratchet um, um, um acting out beating each other up drinking alcohol swearing and acting like low class people don't 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 put that around your sensitive subconscious and your conscious your your subconscious is watching everything even if your conscious is not if you're looking over here and you have your ratchet show playing and streaming in all that negativity your your subconscious is absorbing all that and going okay okay mm -hmm, okay Uh, and and filing it in your subconscious so that you're going to act it out in the future whether you believe it or not that's why I don't watch those shows. I don't, I don't, I don't watch the, you know, like housewives of wherever acting like acting, acting crazy, like crazy people that, that, that validate the kind of lifestyle I was living. So anything that validated that I shut out basically, because what they were showing us on TV, is not as fabulous as it is in real life. Nope. You're going to suffer. You're going to make people around you suffer. Mm-hmm. You, um, the way I was drinking, I was going to be dead sooner than later. I shouldn't even be alive right now. Just from the, my unhealthy drinking a case night, if I could, and then if I could more, if, it depends what I could afford every night. I would get a crown row and a case and be happy with that and be satisfied. But if I couldn't, then at least I could get a 12 pack. Because a 12 pack leads to friends that leads to another 12 pack that leads to exactly, you know, you know, and um, an ongoing uh, vicious circle, definitely. But this this is a powerful story because people need to hear, and that leads to me is as the same than if you do a vision board or what I call my groceries list that I've done. It's the same thing, except yours was even more powerful because it was your eulogy. What if people are going to say? on the front of your casket and what are they going to say about you? And I think it's extremely impactful. And that's that to me, after we talked about it, the first time on wisdom app, I went and said, I said, well, Emma, you got your vision on the board upstairs. That's cute. That's nice. Now it's time to do your list too. So I went back, I I took, picked up uh, my book and I just wrote down my list because you, you yeah, I did. You oh. inspired me. Yes, I did. I, I only did. have one thing on my list so far. I gotta put more because the spirit told me after I completed this list. You have to do another one. Like, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like now what? Now what? Spirit, the list is all power. I can't believe it. That's so wonderful. Do I get to just relax and cruise now? Nope. No, it said make another list. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> That's what I do every year. I made a list and another list, another list because it helps us to, you know, further down where we're supposed to be. I couldn't believe I accomplished the first list, you know, like I'm, yeah. and my family is so proud of me. And, and yeah. now I'm my example. Now my nephew goes to college too. And, um, but there is a ripple effect on everything we do. So for you to turn yourself around, you show not only your family, but the people around you that everything is possible, then anything impossible becomes possible. And you just pave the way for them to be inspired and do something for themselves, which is yeah, great. I, I just cannot tell you how powerful this activity was for me in my life mm-hmm. to do, how, how much it worked. And I'm, I, I, I'm like you folks sitting at home. I used to watch and be like, oh, my God, not another guru and another another 12-step program and another intuitive. Um, you know what? It worked for me, and I wouldn't be here on the show mm-hmm. uh, talking about it if it didn't. And if, and if you would take this small little chance, you risk nothing sitting down and doing making a list of what you'd like to re- be remembered for at your eulogy you know that costs you nothing but it, it, it takes some time but you you are worth that time take that time it takes a few minutes actually but if you're going to meditate on it hard it might take longer but that's a good thing too at least you're spending the time like do do something do it i say don't get off your butt and do it don't just sit there and, and be a doubter um that's the negative talk that our subconscious has mm-hmm. learned to tell mm-hmm. us like ah i don't have time for that Oh, yep. ah, that's yep. silly. I have more, I have, I have worse problems than him. I can't put it on the list. <laughs> Do you have worse problems? Have you been facing five to 10 years in prison and losing your family and, and mm-hmm. uh, facing being homeless? I mean, I'm sure there are worse problems in that, but that doesn't get much worse than, than killing yourself with alcohol. Exactly. You know, so don't be too proud of yourself. Like you have to uh, take the, uh, Give the humility that it takes to sit down and go, you know what? This guy is telling me to do it. doesn't cost me anything. He's not charging me for it. I'm not selling you anything. I'm not selling you a, a one-step or a 12-step program. I'm not selling you a concert ticket to my talk or anything like that. Like, I'm serious. Um, and so sometimes people think that things for free are not valuable, yeah? But they are valuable. God, you, yeah. And, and your story is valuable because it's an inspiring story. It's not like, oh, I was born wealthy, everything was fine, so life is good. It's a story of struggle, and people can recognize that because we all are struggling one way or the yes. other. And it's a story of that inspires us because it's conquering where it looks like you were on the wrong side of the track and you yes. pull yourself out. Yes. And for my depression... I made another list. The spirit told me later like to make another list mm-hmm. during the time I had two lists running, but this list was different. It said to write down all the things that I'm thinking in my head that bring me to that vicious cycle. Like, but we love each other. I, but it's all my fault, but we're supposed to be together. Wrote those three things down. There was more than three things, but just for mm-hmm. this example. And then it said on the other side of the paper, write down the truth. Well, but we love each other. Uh, well, no, really, yeah. we don't love each other. We're not yeah. here to take care of each other. Yeah. Um, not here to support me. I'm mm-hmm. not there to support them. 
that's yeah. love yeah what is love so we do not love each other number two we're supposed to be together forever well look around you are you together are you forever that's not the case you're not together at all right that's the truth i have to write down and um, what was the third thing i said i can't even remember but um Oh, yeah, but you're at least, you know what? This makes a, you sad. <laughs> this makes you sad, but at least you did not lie to yourself because I think the hardest part is if spirit asks somebody to do that and, okay, two persons are not meant to be together, they could lie on the other side of the page. You did not. And a lot I of couldn't. people will, you could not, but a lot yeah. of people will try to deny it. Just said, I don't want to run. I don't want to write this knowing it's the truth. I want to twist it to something else. And you were brutally honest. And that's the hardest part. This is what you got to do when you do it. You have to be honest. Yeah. And it is the hardest part. Because then if you don't realize you're lying to yourself while you're doing this, mm -hmm. if, if you're telling, if you're not writing down the truth, then you, you are lying to yourself again. Yeah. Um, Sit down and think, is that really the truth? Do people that love each other treat each other the way we treat each other? No, they don't. I wrote that down. People that love each other don't treat each other the way we do. Yeah, it is. You know, it is would you be alone yeah. if you're supposed to be with somebody? Would you be alone if that was true? If That's just like a magical blanket statement. We're supposed to be together. It's very, it's very broad and it makes it makes it seems like it's true. We're supposed to be together, but why are we supposed to be together? No, that's not the, how you answer the question. Are you together if you're supposed to be together? That plain answer factually is no. I'm here by myself. Look around you when you answer, when, if, you, if that was one of your things. Look around you. Don't, don't write down what you wish. Write mm -hmm. down what it is. Yeah. Write down what it is. And that can be heartbreaking too, but that's because your heart needs to break all the way so it can heal because you just have it torn a little bit and you're not sure because you're still trying to love them and, and you're trying to heal your heart to that love that cannot heal because it's not there. Mm -hmm. Rip it all the way <laughs> because it's you're living your life in a purgatory that you'll never get out of by yourself without a tool. If you think you can do these things by yourself, I'm going to tell you, you cannot, not if you really have addiction, not if you really have depression. Most of us won't even go and check if it's real, like, and, and get an assessment. If you don't know, get an assessment because yep. you're just lying to you. You're just lying to yourself that you're ever going to check and you're going to pretend yep. you don't have it. And, mm -hmm. and you're going to lie. You're going to tell yourself since you're not, since you're not, nobody really officially um, 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 diagnosed you that of course you're not, but that's how we lie to ourselves. Yeah. Get it. I'm telling you to go get it if, if you're on the fence of whether you have mental disorder or um, addiction problems, um, because just like insanity, yeah, I, I went to the doctor and, and he told me, and I was, I was having, I had problems after I had PTSD that occurred from, mm -hmm. um, on the Mauna. I was, I started to see things that I'm just sharing this with you folks because I'm being open. Uh, I didn't know I was seeing things because it started with real people harassing me on the mountain that didn't didn't like me or what I was doing. Yeah. Um, they would they would whisper things under their breath so I could hardly mm -hmm. hear it. They would um follow me around. The DLNR um, officers would follow uh, um leaders around a, a little bit. I'm not saying the whole time, but I caught them a couple of times. And then I realized from the other leaders that it was happening to them too. Like, what, did it follow you all the way to Kona too? Yep. The same car followed me all the way to Kona and back. Really? So this is really happening. So mm -hmm. that's, that's where PTSD kind of gets its foot in because something really yeah. happened to yeah. you. Okay. But then 
your mind starts filling in blanks that, yes. that it thinks is real. It's like yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's like reading a paper where they take out every other letter. You can still make your mind fill in the blanks yeah. and make sense of those words. Or if a picture, like if a carrot is missing its bottom, mm-hmm. your mind might not see it. It might fill in fill it in for you because it's such a minor detail that you think and you you think it was a whole carrot, but actually it's missing its bottom. Like you know, tricky pictures like that. Um, it, your brain is is conditioned and programmed and naturally uh, akin to filling in the blanks for us and filling in the pictures of things that we we think we know and we think we see like oh yeah I, I saw the book there it was on the desk the book wasn't on the desk you thought you saw it there but the book wasn't on the desk your mind was just filling yeah. that in because your book is usually on the desk yeah you know and you swear you saw it there it wasn't there it's in the parlor mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> whatever, yes. right yeah and you could swear and and so my brain was filling in things with negativity, we got to put ourselves around, we got to force ourselves to force feed our subconscious positivity. And I'm telling you, my brain, our subconscious, like my subconscious right now is, is paying attention to the, what's on the TV. And right now there's nothing on the TV, but it, but it knows it'll remember whatever it was that was going on around you that you didn't notice that you uh-huh. cannot pay attention to because we can only focus on so many yeah. things at a time with our conscious, but our subconscious can remember everything. It takes everything in, whether we like it or not, whether we know it or not. Um, um, so the negative talk, it saves back there. And, and when the time comes to, to do something, you doubt yourself and you wonder why it's because of these external negative messages. Our brain has absorbed somehow. Mm-hmm. And whether there's somebody telling you directly that you're stupid, you're ugly, you're fat, you're never going to be anybody. And you're just a loser. Like, or if that's going on on the TV (laughs) for somebody else, your brain is taking it in. It's the same effect of your subconscious. Like, Oh, and now your brain thinks maybe I'm stupid. Maybe I am fat and maybe I am a loser. Maybe I am, maybe I cannot do this thing I want to do, you know, because, because I'm stupid because, you know, I don't have enough money. I'm poor. Mm -hmm. Um, and you wonder where those thoughts come from? It comes from your subconscious absorbing it. I swear to you. Trust me on this. I wouldn't lie to you. I'm doing, I, I, I'm not selling you anything. I'm not a guru. You don't have to go to my website. You don't have to add me if you don't want to, but that would be nice. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but no, but, but like, I agree. I agree with you. You're so correct on that. And it's what our outer condition condition us as well. Because a lot of people... Yeah are worried of if you really, you know, want to change, that they're worried that maybe their partner is not going to recognize them or support them or the people around them going to look at them weird and say, what is wrong with that person? Don't recognize them. And that's another thing too. Yeah. That's what can, you know, make them stay in that little environment. They can stay negative. Sorry for the dogs. No worries. Uh, they're beautiful dogs. They're beautiful dogs, <laughs> but uh, I think they're a little upset because they're like, we are missing the feeding time. I'm like, yeah, you're too bad. You're missing the feeding time. They I love dogs. I'm a dog person. Well, I got to trust me. Well, you saw that I on my uh, I saw your Instagram. I stuck yes. you on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but as you said, the outer condition will detect you and it takes a lot of uh, thoughts. And, you know, you have to pay attention of what you're thinking. So yeah, you're gonna have to course correct. And that's what you did in your own way because you didn't try to interfere on how you would do things. You just got your list and went with the flow. I pointed myself in the direction. Exactly. At the, at the very least. At the most, I put myself on the campus at the school. That's at the most, I reached, I reached out. Exactly. You know, 
But at the least, exactly. yes. I face the direction. Yes. And I know that sounds um, simple, but it's not. It took a lot of discipline. It took a lot of double checking my list. It took a lot of rethinking and, and doubting myself. Yep. Um, but the list reassured me because the voice didn't keep talking to me after that. God gave better things to do. He already told me. <laughs> and um, I, it's not like I have it with me all the time to guide me. I mean, it, it came when it came. Yeah. And, um, and, um, you can't expect, I have to do it all myself. You have, you have to do the work yourself. I, I hate to tell you the news, but that's what makes it so powerful. I, it's a promise to yourself and to, and to your creator and to your family even, but it's your personal promise. Um, and you're, it made me responsible for everything on that list. Made me mm-hmm. responsible. Like that's my responsibility. Yep. And am I doing it? No. Yes, I am doing it. You know, yep. look at it again. Yeah. But and if you doubt me, I challenge you. <clears throat> excuse me. I challenge you if you doubt this to try it. Like if you're so smart and you know for sure this doesn't work, then prove it. Yep. Do it. Do the don't list. Just say it doesn't work. But do yeah. the list, but don't self-sabotage either. Meaning if you do the list, do the walk and do the walk because it's easy to just say, well, I did the list and nothing happened. Well, did you try and make yeah. one step? No. Well, you have to do the steps like you did, like I do, like we all do, not realizing we are making the first step, but you have to do, like you said, you went and sat down at the university on a campus. So you started to be there. Yeah. I, I made myself available yes, for exactly. opportunities. Exactly. And that's what people yeah. need to realize. Because otherwise... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, if I was doing the same thing, I would have been in the right place that would have engendered or, or, or encouraged anything on that list. I was in places where I saw people accomplishing the thing on my list. I brought myself to see how they did, they did it. And I was inspired by watching them do it all day and going like, you know, what? if, if 10,000 other people can do it on this campus, I'm sure I can, yep. you know, and, and, that, and that's the kind of talk that started to replace that was in my head already. And, um, I would listen to positive podcasts. I would. I love watching Oprah and listening to Oprah. She's yep. that witch. I love her so much. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, yeah, people get yeah. sick of it, but you know what? That oh, that damn Oprah. She got some positive things. Just your subconscious loves it. Yes. Your subconscious is eating yes. it up and and being healthy. And yes. um, take it. Take. We don't take the 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 blessings that are given to us sometimes. Yes. And we reject it because our brain is saying, no, we don't deserve that. Or no, or that's it's, just that. It's not what I want. So I wanted maybe a chocolate ice cream and you give me vanilla. Sorry, I want the chocolate. So I'm not taking what you give it to me. Yes. And, and it's ice cream. Issue. Hello. Yes. <laughs> and it's ice cream. But that's not the flavor. It's not the flavor that I wanted, but free. you give me something else for free. So sometimes you're looking at, uh, and that just happened to me actually, it was funny. Um, you're looking for a job or you're looking for something and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to go for that interview. I'm going to do that job. And they're like, okay, no, we don't think you're a good fit for that, but we have something else for you. So we're going to give you a different job. And you're uh-huh, like, uh-huh. Uh, no, that's not what I wanted. I wanted this one. And he's like, if you think for a minute, it's like, well, I'm going to take this one because it's an opportunity to get in and it's a step up because there's something better behind it. But people will not do that because they're like, well, no, that's not what I wanted. So I'm going to ignore it. 
that's really hard because I find myself in that position too. Uh, and, and thank you for reminding me, I think that, that the spirit is telling me right now the same thing you're saying, because I've, you know, I, I think in my head, like that's not enough money to survive. How can I take the lower pay? Um, I think it's a case by case, but you're, you're right. Most of the time that, that we should take the opportunity. We should, see it as opportunity like if there's unless there's anything else around it's better than nothing so i should just but take his, it yeah because here's the deal if a company said you apply and i said if the same company said okay that position is not for you and you're like oh, okay, my you know can you hear me i don't know i can hear you but the the camera oh, okay. went dark you went dark on the camera but we're good i wonder why i don't know maybe you decided to become shy also then <laughs> camera had eyes shy <laughs> But no, I'll go fix it. if you, you know, in a case you go and apply for a job and somebody said, well, you know what, uh, you might be a good fit, but maybe for some reason we cannot get you in this right now, but we feel that you would be better for that position. And, a lot, and you're not being rejected, actually. It is like we're directing you somewhere else. Then you're going to be there. We offer you the job for the same company. Uh, we offer you a job from the same company but it's a step up. See it as a step up because you're going to have to go through this before you get something even better. And you will be surprised because maybe the job you're in and you're walking in is going to be totally different and you're going to appreciate it to do where you are. But it's like get that opportunity when something different is why I said I took the example of the ice cream. You want the chocolate and you got the vanilla. Well, get the vanilla because you don't know maybe behind it you're going to be, maybe get pistachio and you're going to yes. love the pistachio so take those opportunity that comes to you again always be careful on what it is but if there is an opportunity a company doesn't shut the door and just said well we're sorry we're not interested of in you good luck on your uh, next job but just said hey that position no because it's not meant for you now the universe is telling you this is not for you now but we gave you something else, take the something else because that's going to lead you for something even better. It always have a step up. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I never forget this. It goes, it goes to the point of this, like our plan that we think is our plan could never be better than God's plan that we don't know what that is. Exactly. And, and, and be always be open. You shut yourself off to that if you're just looking at your plan. Never forget that God has a plan for us that we don't know. And uh, there's a, everything's supposed to happen and everything happens for a reason. Everything that happens yes. is supposed to happen. Yes, exactly. And that's why it's like, uh, always leave the room for the universe to bring you the right thing for you. Even though it might may not look like the way you want it or materialize the way you expected. That's another thing too, because I've seen it in the past in a relationship when you expect, you know, you don't expect the unexpected and also then you get somebody comes into your life and you have no idea why, totally different than what you used to date. And you're like, okay, that's weird. And you ask for that. And you're like, okay, you have a choice. You can say, well, I'm sorry, this is not the kind of people I did. So I'm not going to do this. Or you can say, well, you know what? That sounds interesting. Let's meet and know that person. And you discover that as you learn about that person, you get more thing in common than the people you did before. Yeah, you don't know unless you try. And yes. if, if, if you're presented with an opportunity, don't forget that God has a plan. Like, don't yeah. stick to your plan because, yeah. because and ignore that, that fact. Always be a receptive to in case God's plan is, is on its way. In other words, God's plan is enacted. How can that be enacted when you're 
constantly forcing your own plan. And our own, and we don't have the bird's eye view. I always said we do not have the bird's eye view. So the universe no, is very yes, and we need to remove the fact that uh, we are co-creating with the universe. It's not us versus the world. It's us within the world and co-creating with the universe in partnership. So have a little faith and trust and be open-minded because I think a lot of people are not open-minded. And once in a while, I'm like, what the heck universe? But I'm questioning more because as I see things coming my way and I said, there's something that happened yesterday, I started to laugh because I'm like, my instinct was like, okay, well, that's interesting. But I knew it because I had a vision actually about what was going to happen, except I saw one portion of it, not the other side, not what happened afterwards. But it was very interesting. I'm like, well, that's interesting. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm still going to go forward. I'm, it's coming my way. But I found it interesting because I'm like, okay, universe, you throw a curve at me for me to take something else because this is not for me at this point, which is fine. Or maybe there is no room for me right now. So they gave me something else in between. That's part that of the plan. Sense. Yes. <laughs> yes. It makes complete sense. Yeah. And we have to just be receptive for God's plan. Are you, you got to ask yourself, are you receptive to God's plan? Are you willing to be open to other opportunities than you have listed? You know what I mean? Yes. Um, if you're not, yeah, then you might not be open to God's plan. You might, you have to make space for God's plan. That's why I put uh, every time I have a list and even on a vision board that I did earlier with a uh, colored Baron read what I put and what we put in there, it's, uh, or something even better. That's mean, this is universe playground. So if the universe has something better than what I'm asking for, then it's coming in. I'm not closing the door. Now I need to keep an open mind because the way things get delivered is, you know, we all have our own thoughts and the way things should appear in our lives. And it's like, yeah, but generally the universe has a better plan. So some, sometimes by way of perfect synchronicity, things will unravel. And you realize afterwards, stepping back, like, oh, this is clever universe. You did it this way to get me to where I needed to be. But you need to keep that open mind and that so uh, something uh, uh, or something even better. Because the universe will always deliver to you the best of the best. Yeah, nothing we have planned could be better than what the the universe and the yeah. creator has yeah. planned for us. And uh, that takes humility too, like to accept and, and to be at peace with making that space in your life for opportunity, being receptive for that opportunity, being open to reasonable alternatives to, to what you think um, your plan is. And, and a lot of people do that. They plan their whole life out. Some people plan their first kiss, their first um, proposal, yep. their first yep. wedding, they play, that, they, yeah. they, that, their first honeymoon, they, 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 their first anniversary. They got it all planned out before they even got somebody to marry. And, uh, and that's and, scary, uh, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa, that's why I never do that. I don't have plan for that, but I have, yeah, I've it's heard cute, people, but it's not it's good. It's cute, but that's scary because they set yeah. up some unrealistic <laughs> expectation that the universe are not going to meet. It's like, you can't, and, but I have heard and I've seen people, oh, I will be married at the age of 27 and they're forcing things. And they probably, the people who got married, actually, I have not been in touch with them, but I'm, I'm feeling they're not as happy in their life because they wanted to go and they decided this will work this way, this way, and this way. So they don't even let the universe or any creativity come their way. They just decided that will be this way. Well, 
you're not, you know, you're gonna, when you start to act this way, it's more the human side, the ego side who's dictating. And generally the universe doesn't support the ego, it supports the spirit. So it will never go well. There is always something that's gonna go wrong when you go this way. Yep. You're setting yourself up for, for um, failure. guarantee failure, yeah. guarantee yeah. failure. Yes. When you, when you set yourself on a path and, and don't make room for the universe to guide you or the creator to guide you. Um, exactly. We set ourselves up for failure because you've set this goal Yep. and the universe has something else planned for you. Yep. You're ignoring that. Yep. And you're not going to make that goal because the universe has something else planned for you. So be plan, but don't be, um, rigid and 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 don't be unreceptive um, to to changing that plan and to be aware of what the opportunities are that are presenting themselves before you. You know exactly. Um, we shut ourselves off to that. Exactly. We we miss the right opportunity by closing ourselves off, and that's why I like to revisit. I, did I do that? I think I did it once. But I like to revisit what my list is because sometimes what you got in the list will change as you go along. It's like, well, I don't need this. I don't need this. And something else will come up. It all depends based on where you are with the universe, where you are with your list. And I have done that where things were on the list and I look at it and say, what did I do this to start with? No, that wasn't the right thing for me to, you know, go about on that list. So I removed stuff and I said, no, now then I started to work on some of the stuff that I'm doing then I am more, my goals changing because it's where I follow the universe, actually. Yes. Which is very, very interesting. Yes. Because you want So the list from, I'm talking... So you, for you, like the example where you got, how many degrees do you got now, total? Uh, three. Okay. Did uh, you associates started, and two bachelors. Yeah. Now you started on me with one bachelor um, on your list, was it? Well, I, I have two. Then, yeah, but when you started with your list. Oh, yeah. On my list was only one bachelor. Exactly. Yeah, on my list was just one bachelor. And now you got two bachelors. Exactly. Now you got two bachelors yeah. plus an associate. So you can yeah. see that from your simple list, you got to say, I just want this. And the universe said, well, no, that's not enough. So we're going to give you Kamahana. We're going to give you another one plus the associate on the top of it. This is what you're going to do. How would you know at the beginning? You did not. You just set up. Would never thing. have. Exactly. Yeah. Never so that's have. what this is where you see miracles and how the universe works because you set up your list and it's going to give you even more than you expect. Just like my alcoholism, I never had that on the list. I didn't meditate on trying, asking for help to quit that. I mean, but of course, deep inside foundationally, nobody wants to be an alcoholic. But um, I, I didn't, what I'm saying is I didn't put it on my list, but the universe did. The universe put it on my list. So they knew, they knew that in order, list. yeah, because they knew in order for you to get everything you needed to get, <laughs> any, anything you needed yeah. to get down, you needed to be sober. So for them, it was like, it will get out of the alcoholism by focusing on this list. It doesn't need anything else because that wasn't needed. They knew that yeah. when you will be focused on that, nothing else will exist except to reach the goals. Yeah. That was the difference. The universe, so, so the universe and the creator already knew that yep. alcoholism was on my list, even yes. though I didn't. Yes. And, um, um, and they knew, and they it, knew it, it took care of that. They took care yeah. of it while you were focusing on that list. They knew this will on drop. On the list. Exactly, because your focus yeah. was on the list. I think yeah. you would have put it yeah. as a 
focus on your list, it would have been a little bit more challenged because that would add you something that wasn't necessary. Yeah, it would, would have been heavier yes. and harder to do. Yes. If, I, if I was focused on that, I might still be addicted to alcohol, but I wasn't. I was distracted by the list and I yes. didn't even see myself um, recovering or I must I must have had withdrawals because I was, I was a pretty hard alcoholic, but yeah. I didn't even see that because I was like, Okay, where's my list? And 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 that's that's an example of the the creator having a better plan than I had. Yes, exactly. And um, if I stuck to my plan, I would still be an alcoholic and finish school. Exactly. Exactly. No, but that's why it's what it's so interesting to listen to your story. And I said, thank you. Uh, we all have hard stories to go. And, but this one is powerful because it talks about how do you turn yourself around and get focused on it instead. Yes, it's overwhelming to do this. It's a very overwhelming when you have no idea because you had no direction. You just follow your intuition and you went one day at a time with that list in your pocket. And that to me, yeah. keeping that list in your pocket handy that when you felt like you wanted to go and drink, then you just pull up the list and got focused on what actually you needed to get done. Yeah. And the spirit helped me do that. Helped me keep my promise to myself. Helped me keep it as a responsibility and view it as my task to be responsible for. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just, you know, I just know how hard it is when you're, when you're, um, when you're in the trenches and you're so depressed or, or you're, you're, des you're desensitized to the whole thing. You're used to being in that hole and you, you, you don't expect to get out and you think will never be solved in your lifetime and you have to live with. Do this list. Sit there and don't bullshit yourself. Do this list honestly. Um, pull it out honestly. Consider it honestly. Um, think about what you'd like to be remembered for honestly. Like, don't write down you want to be remembered for winning $5 million at a lottery. Write down things that you personally, like, um, don't be materialistic when you do this. Be honest with yourself. Because when you die, you can't take any of the materials with you, right? So when you're writing your eulogy, what do you want to remember for? All the stuff that you have that, that, you, can't, that you cannot take with you because you're dead? <laughs> or, yeah, or because stuff. that's not yeah. an accomplishment. That's accumulation, which is different. Yeah, yeah, that's accumulation. So just yeah. remember that. Don't write down material things. Write down real things. Be real with yourself. Yeah, mm -hmm. don't write down $5 million. Write down what you, you like, an accomplishment. That's not an accomplishment. That's, that's, a, that's hoarding money. Yes. That's hoarding money. Yeah. And, and, and just take my advice and, and, and write those things down that, are, that have real value. There's there's worth and there's value and they're two different things. Like um, how do I explain it? Worth and value. One is monetary, and one is materialistic, and the other one is uh, priceless. Yes. The other one is priceless and invaluable. Mm -hmm. And and I think that would be value. Value you cannot buy. I don't think. Um, 
I think value you can buy. It's worth. You think value you can buy? Okay. Yeah, value. Worth yeah, you because you can, you can put value on anything you want. Yeah, I'm getting myself me, confused. What is, yeah, no, no, that's okay. I always said worth it because worth. What's you worth? You worth the, your life purpose. You worth what you work for me. Yeah. Your legacy Are you worth for me. Yeah. Five dollars an hour. Is that your worth? Uh, yeah. yeah, if it's if, if it's the, just the value, the value of what? Just the money, just because you get you worth uh, your material you know, things. Yes, yeah. No, no. Your you're value worth, is you worth what is in your more. heart, and oh yeah. I think you need to do that list for yourself. That's the other thing too, because when you do a list, don't try to do it for pleasing people because it's never going to work. It has to come for you because it's yours, and I think that's I would important. Suggest- I would suggest bringing prayer into it before yeah. you do the list and, and, yeah. and ask that you be guided to be as honest as you can and, 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 and that you write the truth down, ask for those things in your prayer. And then um, that, that ask that God will um, see it as good and bless it for you. Um, ask, those, ask those three things. Ask, ask for you to be truthful yourself. Mm-hmm. Ask for you to um, um, be real and ask for God to bless you because or, you know, that's perfect right there. Set your intention with the prayer and then go into it. Or if you don't pray, meditate on it. Set your intention in your meditation. Meditate on being truthful, being real, and making an honest attempt. And um, if you need help, you can always email me. I'd be happy to help people with this for free. Well, I mean, so it means that much your- to me because it's invaluable. What where what is your email, Kamahana? Um, you can go to Kamahana77. That's the n- number seven and seven at hotmail.com. I have one of the older emails because we've gotten the internet long time before it was this cool. <laughs> so I have a hotmail. <laughs> Kamahana77 at a hotmail. When the internet wasn't cool, I have an email. Oh, okay, that's <laughs> so fun. Do you yeah, if a, you can remember. Do you have a website that people maybe can uh, see what you're doing and connect with you? Um, there's the direct.me forward slash Kamahana. Okay. direct.me forward slash Kamahana, if you can remember that. That's where it'll take you to all my, where all my social websites are, um, where I got published at the university newspaper, what I wrote. It'll take you to my podcast. So direct.me forward slash Kamahana. It'll take you to okay. all that. Instagram and get in touch with me. And yeah. Yeah. God. Oh, Instagram is, um, oh, that's a little harder. Um, you can find my Instagram on the direct.me forward okay. slash Kamahana. Yes. Oh, we can ask for, uh, we can type on a search Kamahana Instagram and I'm sure yours will pop. Yes, it's called yeah. the Kamahana Project and it's in Pigeon. That's why it's hard for me to give that one out. It's the Kamahana Project, underscore, underscore, in between every word. But when you type Kamahana on, trust, my picture will be there so you can see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm willing to help because God didn't give me this for me. Um, like, when I've told people this story, they've gone and changed their life too. Some people that I've told this story to, I'm so happy to be able to forward it. And, and, and if just one person listening needs this, even, you know, most people probably think they don't need this. I would have thought that even in my darkest hour, I would have thought, I don't need that. I need, I need money. I need to get out of this mess with money. I need to go yep. work. Yep. Like, um, um, but that wouldn't have helped. I, would, I was in an unhealthy vicious cycle that I couldn't um, realize. And a lot of times when you are depressed, 
you, you cannot bring yourself out of that. And I didn't bring, even though I, it looks like I did it all by myself, it was the spirit that brought me out, my tools that it gave mm-hmm. me that brought me out of this. You need tools. Yeah. Um, and, and you have to be humble and have the humility to realize that. Um, but you won't realize it. I didn't realize it to after the fact that these were tools. So don't, don't beat yourself up if you don't feel like it now. I'm telling you. Put yourself through the motion. That that would be the same as telling you, point yourself in the direction of yes. something on your list. What yes. I'm telling you is point yourself in the direction by starting the list. Exactly. And meditating on the list. Yeah. And then really point yourself in a specific direction of what's on that list after you have the list. Yes. Yeah. And make a list. Don't just keep it in your head. Don't do that. Bring it no, out outside it of you. Yeah. So that you have something yeah. physical outside that you mm-hmm. that, that is like a empower it'll empower you in the future little do you know my list was so crumpled up i think one time i had to rewrite the list because it was all holes in it and um and that one got crumpled up too (laughs) but (laughs) but you know if if you want to get out of a situation that you feel like there's no whether you're being abused whether you're abusing yourself whether you're abusing alcohol or somebody else is abusing you this list will help yeah Thing you should write on when somebody else is abusing you is get out of that situation. Mm-hmm. Just put it down on that list. Yep. Out of that situation. And whether you think you can or not, you write that down, especially if you're being abused. Yeah, I really want to tell you that. And then do whatever it takes to get out of that situation. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And, 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 and yeah, and the universe will help you by way of perfect yes. synchronicity. That's why it's like. You have to do the first step. And I think the, the hardest part for people, you know, you, you, you want your dreams and you're going to go and claim it. And the hardest part for people is to claiming it because the first step is the hardest one. And when you do your first step, then you're on your way. After that, you feel like sucked yeah. in that vacuum that the universe has. It's like, hey, come right here, Emma, and I'm going to grab you and we're going to help you and get going. So... You're going to tell yourself, you're, you're going to find your brain telling yourself, no, that's, that's too hard to do. You can never do that. Yeah. That's out of this world. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, suppose you want to be an astronaut. That's out yeah. of this world. Yeah. Write it down. Write it down. Yeah. You know, meditate on it. Make sure you're thinking clearly. Make sure it's something you want to achieve and not something you want to acquire. That's important. You're not, we're not acquiring things. We're achieving. Yeah. I think those are different different things. Acquiring is so materialistic and cutthroat. And The, the money and, will come when you set your goal. So you don't have to worry about the money. If you decide to go and help people, then the money will follow to help you one way or the other. So I think yeah. money, put the value in the monetary on the front of it. It's kind of... Um, um, I would say that zero it out everything. However, you can always say that's when you, you and I did it for a long time ago. If you want to put all of my bills are paid, everything is planned, I have plenty of money to spare and share, you can put it in there. That's not a problem. But you uh-huh. cannot be on the front of everything and say, I will have money, so I will do this, this, and that. It's like, no. No. What do you want to do? Remember Just remember that. that, you know, it is uh, easier for a camel to walk through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. Just remember yes. that. Be real with yes. yourself. Yes. Because money is not what we want. What we want is happiness. Yes. Like people chase after money because they think that equals happiness. But ask them. They'll tell you they're not happy. No, they're not. Mm-mm. Yeah. They'll tell you that the money didn't make them happy. It no. made more problems for them. And yeah. you know what? When people tell you the truth, trust them the first time they tell you the truth. Don't, don't mistrust the truth. Like, hear it, understand yep. it, like, accept it. Because 
then you're lying to yourself if, if you accept, you know, if you shut out the truth. Yeah. You know, exactly. why would somebody go out of, why would a millionaire or why would somebody who doesn't know you like me go out of their way? And I'm not trying to sell you something. I'm not trying to make you come to my retreat camp in my cult somewhere that I have, my guru, <laughs> my guru worshipers, my Kamahana worshipers. Because people have those I, things. Hey, Kamahana, I didn't know you were, you, you had a worship group that I wasn't aware of. You could have told me I would have go VIP on this one. <laughs> you know, there are groups like that selling yes, this and, and yes. okay i will sell my services i will sell my services but i will not sell what the spirit and god gave me you cannot sell the spirit you oh cannot. i agree Once, with you you agree with you because you're selling your service and your time that's different yeah, you're not selling yeah. the universe you're not selling spirit and you should not be doing this but I like agree if you, you want yeah. like if you want a personal coach that's different if you want like but i will help you through this um this thing with the with the with the list for free because God didn't charge me anything for to get me out of my 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 debt, my hole, my depression, my 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 um, track to, to being dead sooner and uh, from alcohol. Mm-hmm. God didn't charge me anything for that. All all I got charged was what I had to put in it to do the work myself. Yep. And that's that's more than any businessman can ask for. You don't have to pay for any employees. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay for any audits. You yep. don't have to get a banker. You don't have to get a yep. financial advisor. You don't have to get an advertise an advertiser. You don't have to do all. You don't have to pay taxes. I mean, like, if a business owner could just go there and go, oh, you mean if I just work on it myself, then it'll succeed? Yes, that's what I'm telling you. This is the yes. best business deal, business yeah. venture ever. <laughs> that only you are the capital, and you have everything you need. And to be successful and multiply your your profit will be uh, more than you put in. Will Absolutely. be valuable. Yeah. You cannot you cannot buy that kind of profit that you're going to get from this. So if you're materialistic, better think about it like that. You're going to invest only what you put into it personally, yeah. and you're yeah. going to get more than you can profit from anything else in the in the world it's invaluable because mm-hmm. it's invaluable that i've extended my life it's invaluable that I, I i okay with my mother for example i found the solution was just don't fight with your mother just don't fight with your mother even if she's trying to pick a fight with you don't fight with your mother and your life will be 100% better if you have if you have problems with your mother <laughs> i just decide yeah. not to fight with your mother and that's a goal that you personally want to achieve like you know don't let her draw you into that fight because my mom does that too she's pushing my button she's screaming early in the morning she know i'm sleeping but she's doing it on purpose because she wants because she wants me to do something and you know it's in and instead of fighting with her about it i just wake up because i'm going to wake up anyway whether i fight or not and wash my face and i'm going to do okay (laughs) i'm going to do my chores and so she Uh can stop and like you know and and instead of engaging her in combat (laughs) <laughs> like in combat why why did it to your mother yeah. you know even if she's wrong and she's screaming at you and she's yeah. always doing that why why encourage that and make her worse and make it worse for you and 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 the next thing you know you're getting kicked out of the house again and nobody wants to help you and you're fighting with your mother <laughs> like, yeah. just you know let your mother be right you cannot let your mother be right even though she's wrong. Exactly. Let her be. Let her have, like we said, it's not yeah. my monkey, it's not my circus, it's hers. So I let her have it and then she will come down and everything will be fine. Exactly. It was simplest solution yeah. was yes. just not to ignore her, but to ignore my reaction. Exactly. And, and say, because because then I'm building that 
mom is not going to change her ways because she's the mother. Yeah, <laughs> okay, exactly. she's not going to listen to me exactly. telling her how to act. Yeah. She's going to tell me how to act. And, and that's how a mother should be. And, and if it's not working out for you and it's upsetting you and you got to engage in fighting with your mother, then you're wrong. Even yeah. if you're right, you're, you're wrong. You're wasting your time. Like, it's a waste of time. So it's not worth it. Yeah, what are you trying to do? Win a fight over your mother and make your mother feel like shit? Yeah, that's like, why you know I, what I mean. I ignore that, mine. What's, what's, many, many years I ignore mine, and I made her turn crazy. And I'm like, yeah, well, too bad, sister. I'm not going into your circle and monkeys and everything. I'm like, I leave it alone. And she turned even worse. And I looked at her. I'm yeah. like, she's nuts. And I'm not. I'm not going and engaging this because that's a waste of time. It's ridiculous. I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's why I ignore her. Don't make that a part of you. Don't no. make that a part of you. Exactly. Because all that energy. Ah. Uh, yeah because mom's gonna back down and yeah. and and like you never win that fight even if you win that fight what are you gonna do beat up your mom that's so that's so stupid she will make you bad the yeah. later on because she's gonna try to find another fight because you yeah. win that fight so forget it there's no end to it it's like man <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. and mom always has to win she does yeah. because that, that's the role of the family let mom yep. win you're a better person if you can let your mom win all the time yeah. Th- then right. if you fight her and, yeah, and exactly. that's what happened to me i'm a better person she, and it shows on your face and your skin comes all dry and your face comes all ugly <laughs> when you put all these ugly things in you and you hold it in you can tell like oh what happened I to agree. you just like fall in life I nothing know. wrong with that if you're I graceful know. your skin stays yeah. smooth look that's why i have this wrinkle over here it's for my mom if i didn't it'd be so nice yeah. <laughs> that's, that's literally from frowning at my mother i swear exactly. to god i remember i remember when i started frowning at her in the fifth grade and i was like i'm gonna just frown forever and then that's what happened <laughs> so it hurt me it hurts you more than it hurts them so stop exactly so it's not worth it and again like you're feeling yourself with negativity and just leave it alone and just said eh, it is what it is and just move along yeah. that's it this is yeah, something you cannot control. what is there to win there is nothing to win it's just a life lesson to yeah hey it's their problem yeah. if they're not happy if they're this is their unhappiness you don't have to participate in it you don't yeah. have to participate. you can't raise your parents no. you can't be the parent to your parent they will never happen if anything lead by example and just be a good example so that mm-hmm. mom can look at you and go oh you know, maybe I shouldn't yell like a crazy maniac. Maybe I should talk like a regular person. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, but if you tell her that, if you tell her to stop acting like a crazy maniac oh, and talk like a regular it. person, guess what? That's guess what? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a big F you. Yes, exactly. And you're going to hear it forever and ever. And every argument, you will stop with that oh. first. And you're like, oh my God, are you going to get a word? Uh-huh. No. Over and over. Yes, so I love my, I've always loved my mom, but like now I, we really love each other. And I just, she doesn't, she doesn't, um, once in a while she'll call and it's kind of irritating. Like she knows, don't tell me about this problem because it's your, your fault. But, I'm, but I know she just wants to have somebody to listen to. And yeah. Be that person and just listen. Don't tell her that she's stupid and she's wrong and, she, and that mm-hmm. she should know better because that's not what moms want to hear from their children. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe the best be, friend, yeah. but not the children. Exactly. We have roles. Yeah. know your role stay mm-hmm. in your lane exactly. so, <laughs> so we can get you uh on wisdom actually on wisdom app because if you have i don't know because i don't think they got it on google play because i don't think so it's on google play i think it's only iphone right now i'm not sure about oh, that yes it is only iphone right now 
I hope they can release it to Google Play so everybody can hear uh, you uh, on that platform when you are live because there is so many subjects you, you're pulling out of it and you're doing such a great job. So that's why I wanted to have you today. It's just only the part one, guys. So Thank probably, you. we're going to do probably more because there is a lot of things he has not spoken. Kamahana, otherwise it's going to take us uh, Yes. Well, there's one thing I wanted to mention. Okay, go ahead. One more thing. I heard you talking about your, your obsession with high heels the other day on your <laughs> podcast. And I just wanted to let you know that high heels are beautiful. I do love walking <laughs> at high heels. They're so yeah. How Italian high heels are the yeah, most comfortable. I learned from you. Mm-hmm. I learned from you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was like so that's that all was, I wanted to mention. That was yeah, I know I saw you wear on there and I thought you would have popped, but you did you went to another chat afterwards. And uh yeah, that was mm-hmm. Alejandro. I love uh, to talk to Alejandro. Yeah, we, I don't know why awesome. we talk, I don't know why we talked about this. I think I was comparing the book <laughs> that he bought. So I was like, Yeah, I have a problem with the shoes and the books because I'm buying generally two to three books and the shoes we're not even gonna talk how many I have at home. But we talked about it was educational. Stilettos. Yes, it was. I learned oh, yeah. a lot about stilettos and <laughs> Italian made stilettos are the, are the most comfortable I have learned from you. You said yeah. one and a half inches enough, maybe not three inches or six inches, one and a half inches nice, you said. Yes, you, you, want stuff, you know, to be honest with you, you don't have to buy the at what the, the one I have at home are like what, two and a half, three inches. And I have some you know, higher than that, but I don't need as much higher than two and a half or three. But if you can start smaller, wow. because the first one I had, was it what uh, inch, inch and a half? That was it. And that was the first year. And I have them here, actually. Funny enough, my mom sent them to me many, many years ago. So this is the first <laughs> one. Then I have the red stiletto that I have are still here uh, with me. I cannot wear them, but I, I have them. So I went to while I opened the box and I smile. I'm like, yeah, that brings me memories. So yeah. I don't know they have sleepers. Why can't you wear them? They're too high? They're too high? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, my feet changed through the years. And when I was oh, younger, yeah. uh, my feet did not finish to grow. So I think they were maybe a seven. And normally I'm a seven and a half. And when I wear high heels, I use a size eight. You always use a half size up. A little bigger. Regular. Yeah, because it's more comfortable as See? well. You don't, there is a trick. I would never know this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> always. So for people so who you want got to rest a little, yes, there is a few tricks in a in a woman's wardrobe then you need to know and the stiletto um you always wear a size half so it's like i wear uh eight instead of seven and a half and again it depends on the cut it depends on the cut some of them are like i said when they're making them over asia they don't cut them properly for me because it's well, asian shoes are hard we depends yeah. because as i said some of them that i have i said most of the one i'm wearing it's like slippers for me, they are like sleepers uh-huh. and people are like, how can you walk with that? I'm like, fine. It's like sleepers. If they're not comfortable, I'm not going to walk with it. But the one I have are, for me, sleepers are perfect. I don't know. Why are Italian made shoes the best? Oh my God. Uh, well, they are not, they are the top of the best because they were made by hand. And the way they okay. do the leather, the leather is different. The way the, the craftsmanship is different. They're doing, some of them are so by hand. But the way they're doing it uh, are different. I don't know. I cannot say much than that. And uh, they are very, uh, what do you call it? They're superior. Yeah, the quality is better. The quality is more comfortable. They are more comfortable. I bought some. I was in uh, France and I bought some Italian shoes. They were extremely expensive, I must say. Some are. But they were so comfortable. 
Oh my God. And they were flat. Some of them, I had them flat shoes and they were uh-huh. just absolutely awesome. But the design, the, the, the craftsmanship, the quality of the leather, everything is so, I don't know, you, it's, you can see it, it's luxury. Even if they were not the top, some were the top, top of the lines and some are not, the quality is so different. I don't know, I cannot explain. You put your feet in there and you feel comfortable, extremely comfortable. Yes. You said that that you would never stop wearing high heels, even when you get older, that, that you think it's okay. Yes, that, that I don't care. You're rock them. You know what? Here's the deal. You're looking at, and it's very interesting, at actresses like Jane Fonda and everybody else's. Uh, people had the assumption when you're past 50 years old or even mid-40s, you should stop to wear high heels or wear things like that. I'm like, no, I don't agree because you can still wear your high heels if you wanted to. And I have people who are in their 70s, they don't even look 70s, <laughs> Absolutely. wearing their high heels. For me, it's not, it's how comfortable you are with it. It's the style. Like, what My auntie's you- in her 60s and she still rocks those high heels and she's she, she looking sexy in her 60s and uh no. she loves it and she wears high heels every day <laughs> See, i know people frown and just like well you're, you're in your 50s so you shouldn't do this are you in your 60s i'm like okay if i'm 80 years old and i want to wear my high heels i will wear my high heels and i will yeah. do what i want to do for me it's not what um uh, what uh, people want to decide to put you know as fashionable it's not fashionable to i'm like no if if you're comfortable with your shoes then do it because your feet are going to be changing from, you know, when you're in twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, your feet are changing. Your body is evolving. So for me, as long as the shoe fit, who cares? <laughs> uh, I love that. I love that. That's a great attitude. As long as and it yeah. doesn't, you, you, you can handle it. Yeah. It doesn't hurt. Does it? No, it doesn't. If it hurts, then maybe I need a new, another different pair of stiletto. And that would be it. But I don't know. It's like my mother used to wear high heels when she was in her 20s, in the 60s. Uh, so I always had it around. And I remember when I used to open that uh, little um, a door where her uh, shoes were in our bedroom, actually, I could see all of her stilettos. And she maybe had a very nice pair. She had maybe five, five or six pair, not even. And those, uh, she even sent me one that I had. I could wear it actually. They are still in very good shape and they are still beautiful. But she sent me one pair and that was her favorite pair. But it's, you know, when you're a kid, it's like I, we were playing around too. And I, I don't know, I just liked it and learned to walk with it. I know the chiropractor are going to say, well, it's not good for your spine. But I'm like, that keeps you straight. Trust me, you're going to walk straight. <laughs> <laughs> I love that about you. I love that yeah. about you. Because I, I, who doesn't love stilettos? I love watching a beautiful woman walking around with her stilettos. It's so beautiful. Yes, and I think it's very elegant. Uh, it, it, yes, it's elegant. classy. Yes, and the legs, it looks even longer. It elongates yes. the silhouette. It doesn't matter it's which very... shape you are. It doesn't matter. But it's more elegant. That's all. I like my flat. very beautiful. Too. I like my tennis shoes. I like my flat shoes. Yes, I do. But I like my stiletto as well. I When I used to go in the office, I had, I don't know, I don't know, I think shoes, but I will switch my stiletto every day. I will go in flat and then I will put my stiletto in because when you walk, you know, on the street, it depends which street you are. It's like, forget it. It's not even worth it to rake to your shoes. <laughs> or I learned here the bad way. Then I literally raked a pair of shoes because I was driving and I made me mad because that was from, they were from Europe and I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? So I learned <laughs> with your tennis shoes or flip-flop shoes. And then when you're where you need to be, then I always carrying a pair of my high heels 
in a little pouch and uh, arrive in the office, I would uh, put them on and wear them and that's it. Well, it takes, well, like my auntie says, and just like you, you know, it takes work to be beautiful. And then, and so you work for it. That's why you're so beautiful. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I work for it. I just maintain who I am and I want to, it's not, you know, as you're aging, it's not staying like I'm in my twenties because that will be a flat out lie and that will be so wrong, but it's learning to age gracefully the best yes. thing you can. That's what it's all about. Yes. And if, if you, you don't like, age gracefully, yeah. And you end you, up ugly. Yeah, sorry. Exactly. No, but that's true. And it's like if you like your stiletto, if you like, okay, there is some few things that maybe, you know, that mini dress, maybe not a good idea, unless you got the high uh tie highs uh, boots on. There is some few things you can trick and I you do with the edge, but there is something you can maybe uh, you know, if you, some people don't want to age and still want to be, uh, you know, at 60, looks like 20, that's their, you mm. know, that's who they are, but you can age gracefully and still wear some of the stuff you have there. As I said, some of my shoes, I'm going to probably, uh, do a, a cleaning in there, but there is, I would say the majority of the shoes, I'm going to wear them because I love to wear them. I'm never going to stop to wear something yeah. that I love because, oh my God, you're too old now. No, 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 I'm not. Nobody is ever too old to do whatever he wants. If you like your still little, yeah. you like still little. It doesn't matter. And if you do it gracefully, you, I mean, if you fight it, you can tell your face has more wrinkles and you're more upset yeah. about it. And yeah. you, it comes out, it, it, it works against you. So might as well age gracefully because that's the most beautiful it's going to be. And, and you know, yeah. it stays, it stays and, beautiful when you, when you have it inside you and, and regardless, graceful. And regardless of what people think, then you're wearing high heels or not. It doesn't matter. I don't care what people think. I just feel like wearing what I want to wear. It's probably like the same on your side with that. You said that was your aunt who wear high heels. Who wear uh, high heels? You said my, my aunt. Yeah, my yeah. my aunt. That's the same thing. It's how yeah, do I feel? To, yeah, exactly. How do you feel today? Well, I feel like I'm going to wear that flowering dress, and I have my little st uh, strap steel little high heels. I want to wear these today, so I want to have fun because I feel comfortable. I feel good in there. I'm going to wear it now. When you walk on the street, people are going to notice you not because of flower dresses, but it's because of the energy you're projecting outside because you feel good. So people are going to look at you because you feel good, not because you want attention, confidence. because your confidence, because you feel like, whoa, that person is beautiful because she is confident and she's feeling good in her skin. It's not about charming people. It's how do you feel about it? If you, if you feel like you're wearing some clothes and you feel like you look like a sack of potatoes, then it's going to reflect when you go outside. So may as well, you know, enjoy what, you know, what you want to wear and just enjoy it. That's it. It's, I don't know. You don't have to uh, force yourself. I don't know. But yeah, I love my stiletto. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah yeah i love that you love that i was listening in and i said that's wonderful <laughs> yeah no no i just i just love it i like the little uh, heart you put it on the screen right there too. yeah <laughs> that I've was never, cute i never played with these before this is new actually the reaction right there the emoji yeah this is new because they never had it before no, awesome. no. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but no, as I said, be who you are, enjoy who you are, and don't try to um, copy or you know give approval from somebody else. It's just it's all about you, how you feel in your skin, and then everything will you know will go together. But yes, I do love my hair here. Sorry, those are wonderful words to live by. Yeah, yeah. oh, that's from so, the universe. So yes, 
But I hope our listeners got that too. Well, I think they do. And what I would like to do, because it's just only episode number one with Kamahana, we, I'm, I want you to come back again because I sure, think I'll be on need, time next time. Uh, you <laughs> no, no worries. It's like, you know, it's Hawaii time, it's Minnesota time. We are Sorry. good. We go with the flow. But I would like to uh, you to come back because I want you to talk more about the spiritual side and what you have done um in uh, hawaii and what you're doing at this as an unwilling participant to be a spiritual leader as well yes yes i'm a spiritual leader and it's true i, I just turned around one day and it happened but it's because i've been doing all these rituals on mauna kea for our protests and for years i've been doing these rituals and leading the people to teach them how to do these rituals and 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 so I turn around and they're like, but you're a spiritual leader because, you know, like they expect me to behave a certain way. And I guess I swear a lot and I, <laughs> and I, and I'm ready a lot. I'm like in your face. I'm like, what did you say? <laughs> like correcting people and I'm running all over the mountain and, and, and you know, and I, I mean, the courtroom cross-examining people, I'm pretty rough, but they can't, they, like, they, they don't think of spiritual leaders should act like this. <laughs> I so I try to I try to behave more. I, I think people assume something, but you are who you are. And I think they should not de, you know erase that the who you truly are. So some spiritual leader will be Zen and don't pay attention to anything that people are saying. And you are more cautious because you have a mission and you're doing something, you know, um that is a service uh, for the people, but in the same time, you're like you're doing your rituals and this is sacred. So you have to be respectful of yeah. where you're going, especially when uh, when you're going to the mountain, you have to be respectful. I don't swear on the mountain. No, it's just down uh, before you start. <laughs> All right, I just swear before I get up. <laughs> yes, exactly. But it's a good thing too, to, to, for people to be respectful because sometimes they don't realize Um, when you do those rituals that uh, how uh, respectful and close to the earth um, Hawaiian and you are as a spiritual leader so they have to connect with that and understand that so but we'll talk more about it because I wanted to know uh, yes I want to share your so story oh it's a pleasure that's why I for wanted you for having me <laughs> oh yeah <this laughs> last time <laughs> <laughs> for sure no, i love no, it thank uh, you yeah you're welcome and i will post some information because i'm going to get a link on my website um sure. about yeah. you so people can connect on on my website too to connect to your website and all of your information as well and sure. if you have iphone right now so because this is the ios and not google play uh, you can join uh wisdom and listen to kamahana Uh, live as well and talk to Kamahana, which is awesome. On I would love that. I would love yeah. that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, thank you to the listeners and, and thank you for your time because, you know, you know, all of you, um, um, Emma too, your time is more valuable than any commodity in this whole world because even if you had all the money in the world from every country, if you had all the oil fields in your possession and all the diamonds, you couldn't buy one single second back, no matter how much money you had. You cannot buy one second back. So your time is so valuable and you spent it with me. So I appreciate that very greatly. So, Thank you. Aloha, my friend. And Okay. <laughs> aloha. It's time to go, yeah. Oh. We have to say aloha because that's what we yes, say. And yes, we yep. have to. It and means I love you and goodbye yes. too and hello. Yes, yes. So, okay. Oh, thank you, Emma. You're welcome, my friend.